I didn't know that crosses would be required. the gna podcast games nerds and alcohol where i drank so much i forgot how to sing correctly and i start talking about kidney stones and bladder stones so kidney stones you all know what kidney stones are right i've had them yes oh yes yes okay. they so kidney stones. yeah a grain of sand can bring like a, a, a dragon to their knees that's that's what that is well bladder stones see the, the fun part about kidney stones is that they're all like spiky and shit like jacks remember playing jacks as a kid you yeah that's exactly what those little fuckers that's, are they look like jacks okay bladder stones though oh bladder stones are fun Bladder stones are nice and smooth and flat but they're the size of an actual fucking stone like those things are gargantuan and they're basically just the same. It's a similar thing. It's just a buildup of uric acid. Only it builds up in your bladder. And typically you've got to go get like the ultra or the lithoscopy stuff to like break them up. And then you got to piss them out. And oh, oh, you thought kidney stones like kidney stones hurt when they come out. Oh, boy, man. Like you don't question when there's blood. You question when there's not blood. You're like, wait a minute. I've not been bleeding for the past hour. What the hell's going on? Did I break something? You know what also really bad? Gallstones are not fun either. Oh, God, no, no. Whoever the hell thought these things up? Like, why the hell would you call them stone? Like, a kidney stone? I would not call a kidney stone a kidney stone. I would call it the grain of sand of death. Well, maybe maybe it's like, you know, I mean, they were simple people back then. It's like they pissed it out and like, I fucking pissed a rock. Yeah, like maybe. Well, but the thing is, half the time you don't even see it. Like if you, there's some of them that are pretty fucking big, and I'm telling you, you feel those fuckers coming out too. Like when they start raking across the urethra, and see, that's the one thing that I gotta give it. Like, I'm slightly jealous for women in that one scenario. That's like the only scenario when it comes to anything down there. Your urethras are way shorter than a guy's. Typically, I'll say typically. I've met some that. <laughs> arguably might have longer than mine but yeah yeah i have been there too man but i'm not gonna shy away from the unicorn i mean we're not we're not we're not we're not dissing people who slay dragons here it's all good but usually their urethra is a lot smaller so it's a lot lot shorter of a distance that it's got to rake its way out holy hell like it's it's like freddy krueger going down the damn hallway it's like Can confirm. Oh, God. There's nothing Cecil. like having to squeeze a rock out of your tube. You, you know how bad a gallstones I had? Uh, it made your gallbladder go necrotic and you had to get it surgically removed? Yeah. They removed a necrotic gallbladder. And time. then the surgeon came in. And then the uh, surgeon came in like, I don't know how the fuck you're still alive. <laughs> He's like, seriously, but, you know, and he was an old surgeon. So he was like, I've seen a lot in my heyday, but... Uh, I can't medically explain why the fuck you're still around. So you heard him. We got D. We got Cyberblood. And we have Aaron over here with a look on her face of just sheer terror of like, what the hell did I actually get myself into tonight? 
I was just thinking that I had a I had a medical issue and I had to have a camera inserted up my urethral tube and like Ow. that hurt so fucking bad and they told me it would be uncomfortable like it, it makes you piss blood and it feels like somebody's scraping your insides with a fork and they describe that as uncomfortable so like while you're picturing stones I've never passed that but like I had them pull a tube like push it in and then pull it out it's like a catheter have you ever had a catheter no, but I feel like that's what it feels like. What you probably. got? You're going to say catheters, Iber? Yes, yes. Catheters are no fun. Yep. No fun at all. Yep. They're. Oh, you'll feel a slight pinch. Motherfucker, that's more than a slight pinch. Dude, the threat of a catheter was enough to make me piss when I had stones. Like, that's how bad it was. The guy came in because I wasn't pissing. And he's like, hey, we put like however much fluid into you. And the doctor comes in. He's like, hey, can you go yet? I'm like, no. So he came back in like 10 minutes later. Like, hey, can you go yet? I'm like, no. He came in 10 minutes later. He's like, hey, so just a heads up. Um, if you can't go soon, we're going to have to insert a catheter because we need to take a sample. I'm like, give me that bucket now. Right now. Give it to me. I, w- it will happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I had a catheter for my surgery, but it didn't hurt me. Might have been all the meds. Oh, dude! Like I've had, ca- I've had a catheter twice, and no bueno, no bueno, no, 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 no. no. It's exactly like Aaron. It's exactly what you just described. It's like somebody sticking a fork up there, and yeah. And when they, oh, I love it when they say, "Yeah, we're going to use the lubricated one." It's like, oh, that sounds so much better. I want that. Yeah. It was lubricated with hot sauce and they weren't gentle. That's what it yep. feels like. It's a lot. The lubricant is a lie. And like the worst part about the camera too is like, cause they had to look in my bladder. So they have you drink a shitload of water. I assume they probably, they do for your stones too. So then it like hurts and you don't want to pee and then, but you have to. And I was like, I can't even get off this motherfucking table. I almost pissed like right there in the room and the bathroom's like 10 feet away and it was the worst ever and they don't tell you that it's gonna hurt the whole way home they don't give you a heating pack nothing not a pat on the back or it's no glove full of ice no nothing they send you on your way it sucked (laughs) nothing oh yeah oh my god yeah like that and and that's exactly as you just described and i love how you just described that it's lubricated with hot sauce because that's exactly what it feels like yeah absolutely I'm glad. I am very glad that I lack a lot of pain sensation. <laughs> yeah, but you know what the fun part about having a lot of pain sensation with? You usually also ha- I would well, have usually a- also have a lot of pleasure I sensations. I would have ended up in too. hospital. Well, I still do have pleasure sensations, but I don't have a lot of pain sensation, which is good until you realize that that they're like the doctors like did you you should have been either unconscious or pain or screaming in pain long before this oh well i mean oh. that's pain tolerance and i think i'm pretty confident that everybody here can say i grew up in salem my pain tolerance is pretty damn high well i inherited mine i think from my dad um what's it's worse genetic. than a catheter though is uh shingles oh, in the hard dick. pass hard or pass genitals. reverse yeah that's just raw Oh my god, it's bad. No, we're gonna we're <laughs> just gonna we're gonna take all of that. We're, no, we're gonna, I believe we're gonna take all of that. We're gonna stick it into a bag, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap that bag up with a big old nope rope. That's a big old bag of nope wrapped up with a nope rope. Oh no, that ain't happening. No, 
Yeah. Like, I've heard people with shingles, <clears throat> and like, when no, no. Yep. When I had shingles, I had it both internally and externally, basically all over my body. Well, okay, so I, I know that you like sounding and everything, but maybe you should have cleaned the rod first, okay? <laughs> all I can say is once you're done with the shingles, there's nothing but numbness. Yeah, I can believe that. Well, let's get on to something that actually these people want to hear now that they're joining a podcast or listening to us. And it's a podcast called Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, not how medic. So, Cecil, yeah, what are exactly. you drinking? What are we drinking? What is everybody drinking tonight? What am I drinking? I am drinking. I'm actually going to be shifting up because I drank a lot of my booze last time because um, I did a double episode. I did an episode with uh, with here, and then we did an episode with Thoughts and Shots. And poor Devin. Like, like that, that, that man's a trooper because I was, when I started that show, I think I was about eight or nine shots in and I kept going. I, I drank three quarters of a bottle of whiskey that night and he tried to catch up and I felt so bad because I egged that motherfucker on. <laughs> and he did. He caught up and I'm sure he slept underneath his desk that night. I'm just glad that he took my advice and went yeah, pickle good thing, first. That, that, if he did that pickle last, we would have had an episode of somebody throwing up. But anyway, so what am I drinking? I am drinking uh, I'm drinking some Afro head rum and some Coca-Cola. It's not a really great rum. I like to drink my booze straight, but Afro head rum is not a really great straight rum. It's, it's very harsh. It's got a lot of burn to it. Um, it actually, it, it's one of those, it's one of those rums that aren't, they aren't sweet. It isn't sweet on its own. You've got to put something, even if you put some, like an eyedropper of water in it, you need to open it up to get all that sweetness out of it. But once you open it up, like with Coca-Cola, or even if you just do an eyedropper of water, um, it opens it up a lot and you start to get that sweetness. It's almost one of those sweetnesses that like barely brushes sour. So it almost goes to the side of the tongue. You ever had that side of the tongue sweetness? I know the side of the tongue is really the sour receptors, and I understand that. I, I that that's I, I fully I fully comprehend that. But the sweetness that you get, where it hits the tip of your tongue, and it almost just gravitates throughout your entire mouth, and it makes that sweetness almost like sit on the very side back of your tongue. Like that's what after, yeah, that's like a sweet tart. So is that what she's telling you these yes. days? Yeah, gotta use that's the side of your tongue, her, the side of her tongue. Like that's I'm begging for that. Uh Anyway, uh, Afro Head Rum, um, it's a great mixer, but you've got you've to open it up somehow. Uh, and then what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be drinking the other quarter bottle. So this was about a quarter of a bottle of rum in my glass uh, with a little Coke to make it, you know, give it some color. Um, so I'm going to be drinking the rest of that misunderstood whiskey, which is roughly a quarter bottle. Um, somewhere midway through here, I'll switch over to that because I'm almost done with this. But misunderstood whiskey, you just listen to the last episode, you'll hear all about how I love misunderstood whiskey and the flavors you get out of it, the impact, all that jazz. It's just really good, like super cheap, totally get it. But Afrohead rum, I honestly don't think I'm going to buy this rum again, only because it's like I I have to mix it with something. Um, like Pirate, Pirate I like a lot because you can sip that, like you can just and sip that all night long. But as soon as you mix that with anything. All the flavors go away. Like at least with this, with the Afrohead rum, um, as soon as you, as soon as I put some uh, Coke in there, 
uh, the the caramel notes of it really come out. And that sweetness of like either molasses or something in there is really like it's it's coming out hard. But what are you drinking, Cyber? Well, I am falling back on a Guinness Extra. Oh, I just saw Aaron's face light right up. Um, Before this, before this, I was drinking uh, some um, Hendrix and Hendrix and ginger beer. Like, is it is that the name of it? Hendrix and ginger. No, no, no. The the gin is Hendrix, Hendrix, and I Cracking mixed it with now. ginger beer. How is ginger beer? Oh, I love it. If you like ginger, I say go for it. It's 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 spicy, like the actual root. Um, not like uh, what you would get from like Schweppes or something like that. Ginger I beer love is ginger good. Ginger beer. Uh, Fetamins is one that I re- so, uh, highly recommend. Uh, you can pick it up. I have a at question Target. for you. I am not a gin drinker. I, I found a couple of gins that I'm okay with, but I'm not a gin drinker. I, I like. I don't know how to like like with rum. I know how I identify all the like the notes and shit. Um, but like with like scotches, I can do the same thing. But gin. Gin's like one of those like mysteries for me. Like, like what's what's your like? What do you when you drink a gin? What do you call good? Like, what's what's what are you looking for out of a good gin? Um, when I go for gin, I look for more uh, juniper, pine, and a hint of citrus. Um, like uh, the citrus is kind of uh, like. Bitter orange or grapefruit. Really. Um, also, uh, like with the Tomcat gin, I love Tomcat gin. It is my is by a, a Bar Hill uh, Distillery. Um, it has a clove, uh, a pretty strong clove uh, note to it that just gets me. Um, it has that ginger, clove, and juniper. Uh, kick. That's that's my go-to, and I have uh, Dee's brother to thank for introducing me to Tomcat. Um, Shinzu took me out to. Well, I went out to his place in Burlington. He took me out to a place called Hal uh, Halliard. Um, yeah, all they do is ginger beer, and I got this thing, and it had Tomcat gin in it. It was amazing. And I've been hooked on Tomcat Gin ever since, and it's like three so years ago. So I guess ago. now I got a question for <laughs> both D and Aaron. Like, have you guys, like, are you gin drinkers? Do you drink gin? Do you know, like, like, Aaron, go first. What do you got? Uh, so I have only actually tried gin once, and it was when I was underage and somebody had to buy it for me. And we were celebrating in a public place, and I didn't pay attention because I wanted slow gin. And they heard just gin. So I would drink slow gin with 7-Up. So I was like, oh, this is just a different brand. That's why it's not purple. So I poured, you know, 75% of a glass with just straight gin. And then put 7-Up in it. And then took Oof. a huge swig Oof. of it. And it yeah, was fucking like, nasty. That's like a martini and I can't and a half drink there. it. 
Yep. That's and how then I a feel guy. about vodka, man. I I went to a party at uh, a certain uh, infamous individual known for parties no in Salem, in Shushin. Um, and well, there's a lot of vodka there, and there's a lot of quarters that involve vodka shots. I lost horrendously. And I I still to this day do not really care for vodka. But the weird thing is, gin is basically just very fancy. Yeah, that's uh, what I was gonna say. Vodka. It's vodka with yeah, is vodka with uh spices and other aromatic um notes. What do you got uh, here? Ingredients. Oh, the worst part was that there was a a guy who, because it was like a work event type of deal, and so like he had come over and he seemed like interested in me or whatever, and he thought that the way to be impressive was I was like, oh, this drink is nasty, but I don't want to dump it. That's alcohol abuse, so I didn't know what to do with it. So then he took it and he drank this like full full cup basically of gin, and then he was like hammered, and we had to like a bunch Oof. of us had to like take care of him, and it was really kind of like embarrassing like i wasn't like upset i just kind of felt bad because i was like yeah, you why, poor uh, fucker like why would you why would he, you do that he was trying to impress you like he was trying to yeah 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 and he was like i'm i'm kind of small and i was skinnier then so this guy was like 110 pounds so i was like this is not a good time this get this kid's obliterated you know it was so that's my only <laughs> also, Sharon, this was aaron's fault no Dude, it wasn't that- my fault that just made me think of someone that's uh, five foot two that would go to Cecil's parties and like get absolutely inebriated, go out to the port. Oh, have a hurl, oh my god! No, that actually wasn't in my house, again. dude. That was at Putz's house, dude. She leaned over the railing. Oh, like okay. I'm sitting out there okay. talking. I was talking to Jr. Man, he she came out literally door busted open she came out lean like her whole body folded over that railing and as she folded it just came spewing out of her and i'm like holy shit what the hell is this next thing i know dude she lifts her head back up does one of these across her face just you know the arm wipe across her face in the same motion grabs the beer out of jr's hand slams it and goes need another one and walks inside i was like I don't know whether I should be horny or terrified right now. Kind of a little both. What about you, D? You got any gin experience? I'm not a big uh, gin drinker, really. I mean, I mostly stick to my rums and uh, vodkas. Well, as I said, Um, that's me, man. So, I mean, I just... Yeah, I've never been a big uh, big gin person. So, I mean, yeah, like, like I said, I like mostly my rums and my vodkas. Um... I have to be careful, you know, my allergies and shit, so I tend not to stray no, too, that's totally too far off the beaten path. Like, tonight yeah, I'm as having... As long uh, as you're not Cecil, I think you might like some gins. Uh, all thanks to your brother, man. I It's my go-to. It's my new favorite thing. I'm going to have to uh, have him show me a few. that I want to order, but I'll have to figure out a way to import it. It's called Ink Gin. It's uh, distilled in Australia. Hmm. Um. Yeah, hey, I gotta figure out, figure out a way sold? to get that over here. Because if it's sold in the states anywhere, I can probably get my hands on it and just run it up to you. 
Yeah, uh, actually, uh, down your way, uh, Dude, there are some places DM me where that they carry are. it. I'll go pick one up. I mean, it's got if it's in Virginia, it's got to be an ABC store. It's either ABC or Total Wine, one of the two. All right, but all right. Um, so that's what Zyber's drinking. Now let's go continue around the room. D, what are you drinking, my man? Well, unfortunately, I've been working a lot of overtime, so I haven't gotten to get to the store to get anything interesting. So I'm sticking with an oldie but goodie. Oh, I'm drinking uh, Grey Goose vodka. It's a staple. Um, it, it, it's it, it, it it's a staple, and it's so smooth when it's mixed. So I mean, I've got uh, a glass of orange now, juice and I'm Sprite say, mixed like, with okay, uh, Grey Goose. I love vodka. Okay, let's start with that. I like Grey Goose vodka because it's easy, and you're right. In a mixed drink, it's so smooth. I loathe Grey Goose Vodka straight. It's straight. is It's got nothing to it. It's like drinking turpentine. But when you mix it with a drink, whatever it's in, it enhances the flavor so much. Like, it's just, it's an easy drinker that way. Oh, come on, Stalingrad. I literally Stalingrad, just threw man. up in my mouth. Grey Goose is smoother than than fucking Stalingrad. I could drink cat litter and it's smoother than fucking Stalingrad. Actually, uh, do you know what the Uh, uh, origin of mixed drinks went? Actually, you know what? Fuck. You already know I know it. Tell us about it, D. All right, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, it actually, yeah, like Cecil said, it started back in Prohibition. So, of course, before Prohibition, we had really good spirits, high-quality spirits and beers and everything else. And when they did Prohibition, it went to the bootleggers. The only way you could get alcohol was people basically making shit on their own. Some of the time it was okay, some of the time it tasted like shit, and some of the time it turned to wood grain alcohol that would fucking rot. kill you. <laughs> so, since most of the alcohol now tasted like shit, so nobody wanted to drink it, they started mixing with stuff to mask the flavor so it would actually be palatable for people. Because before, when you had really good spirits, people could drink them straight. And now, tasted like garbage. So they started mixing with stuff so people at the speakeasies could actually deal with the flavor. They could actually get drunk yep. and not just vomit actually, as soon as they hit their taste buds. Yeah, they were using stuff that could degrease oh, dude, but it. It wasn't even engine. like, it was, honestly, it wasn't even that good. Like, there's like moonshine. You can get some really good moonshine. The stuff that they were making back in Prohibition days, it was like mass produced swill. Like, think of it this way. Think of all that grime and shit that gets spilled into the bar mat. They were distilling that on purpose. Like That's what they were getting out there. And that's like, that's the grossness of it. And I see, I see what Zyber's got in his hand. He's got a, he's got a bucket of the mass produced moonshine with apple moonshine. I see that right there. I see that label. Oh, is it peach? It looked like that. It's peach. Yeah. No, moonshine, like. And when he would. When Zyber brought moonshine, all I could hear was that Johnny Cash doing the cover of her. Oh, man. Like, okay. Quick moonshine story. I know we still got to Aaron on what she's drinking. Quick moonshine story. So I used to work for this place. And honestly, looking back, it's probably one of my favorite places I've ever worked. I worked for a place called Team Howard at a Balsam Spa, New York. They, uh, they're restaurant consultants slash point of sale installers. They got their bread and butter literally by selling paper to restaurants. All right. Now, I was up at Plattsburgh, Virginia, or no, Virginia, Plattsburgh, New York. I'm in Virginia now. God damn it. Anyways, there's this place up there called the Naked Turtle. 
Okay. And I see how D and Kurt and Zyber just like fucking exodus because they're like, oh, I know this story. Back it out. Going to get my more drink. Um, I was up at the Naked Turtle and they had some really, really great stuff there. Like they had the, the Turtle Zilla, which was like a 30 ounce burger. It was so fucking good. Anyway, um, while I was up there, opening night, we just installed the point of sale system, got their inventory system all going. It was opening night. Everything's going great. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm, I'm BSing with the owner. Everybody's having a good time. The system's working fine. I'm literally like, I I worked myself out of a job because I busted my ass up there. I literally worked myself out of a job where everything was done. So I'm sitting there just chilling out. Next thing I know, the owner waves me over. He's like, hey, come here, come here. I'm like, all right. So I walk up. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, hey, this is my friend. And he introduced him. And I shook hands and stuff. I'm like, hey. And he introduced me. And he said, yeah, you know, he, you know. Cecil's been here. He's been here for like the past two days. He's, you know, he's probably put in like 40 hours here in the past two days. He's like, you know, I was just explaining. I'm like, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, thank you. I'm like, you know, it's a group effort, blah, 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 blah. And uh, next thing I know, this guy pulls out a friggin' little like mason jar, like one of the little mason jars. And it's got this clear liquid in it. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And like all of a sudden, after like a second of seeing it, Two, like both neurons fire at once. I'm like, oh, that's the shine. He pulls it out. He looks over. The owner looks over at the bartender and does the three in his hand. You know, he goes three. Bartender brings over three double shots. Double shot shot glasses. He puts them down. The guy ta- opens the mason jar and he pours three shots. And all, they're like. He tried to, like, mix it so that they were all pretty even. And I was thinking, there's no way he's going to fill three double shot glasses with what he's got in this little thing. He managed to fill, like, pretty close. So I so he hands me one. And, and like, one of the things that they teach you, uh, especially in customer service, especially in this type of situation, you don't turn down a gift. You know, if somebody, hand, if somebody hands you a beer, you say, thank you very much, you drink the beer. If somebody hands you a cl- bowl of clam chowder, doesn't matter if you hate clam chowder, you eat the clam chowder, just the way it is. And I've been there. I don't like clam chowder. I've gotten clam chowder and I've eaten the whole thing. I muscled it down. Anyway. So only, I'll only do that once. So, well, yeah, I'll you'll die. die but. So literally- like I'm sitting there with this shot and I'm like the the aroma coming off of it was enough to make my nose hairs curl. Like I could smell this was 160 proof or higher. Uh, this stuff doesn't make your nose hairs curl. This stuff is oh, dangerous. Well, that's the thing. It is smooth. So that's the thing though. It's like oh the God. aroma off of it was like, Boy. wow, this is going to hit hard. And that's what I thought. So I'm like, I bring it up to my face and I'm going, oh boy, here we go. And I'm just like, just get this down. Just in my mind, I'm just like, get this down and be prepared to drink a lot of water. I take this shot. I swear to you, it was the smoothest liquor I have ever drank in my entire life. It had these little hints. And this was the weird part. It had these sweet hints of corn. Like, you know how you eat sweet corn and you get that sweet corn flavor in your mouth? That's what this had. And I was like, that's the weirdest shot I've ever taken in my entire life. And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, it's pretty smooth, isn't it? I'm like, that's beyond smooth. It's like, that's incredible. I could drink that all night. He's like, no, you couldn't. And I'm like, I look at him. I look at the, I look at the owner and he's shaking his head. I'm like, why do you say that? It's like. It's about 180 proof. I'm like, what? 
So I literally just had a double shot of 180 proof, yeah. and I still have to work um, for the next four hours at this place. Wow. Like, we had something that um, I wish I knew what it was, because we used to take, yeah, you had to start off with like a quarter shot, then like a half a shot. We got it out of Italy, and my buddy had it. I didn't even know what it was, but it was like this, it was almost pure, I mean, it was so close to pure alcohol, it was illegal in the States in some countries. And, you know, so we would sit there and, 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 I mean, by the time I started drinking this, I was already drinking 151 straight out of the bottle. I mean, we were all a bunch of alcoholics in the army. So, I mean, you know, I, I took a half shot and I was like, damn, you know, yeah, wow. Yeah, it, it hurt me a little bit, but yeah, I moved up to like gradually do a shot with it and, you know, quickest way to get royally hammered. We had this one new soldier's like, no, no, if you want to try this one, you should already be drinking a lot more than you do before you try this. Two, start off with a quarter shot. That dude just grabs up a shot, pounds it, and almost dies. Like, we thought we were bringing dude, him to the hospital. Like, dude, that's, like, that's some rough closed. shit. It was rough. All right. Well. Yeah, this, I uh, I just ate four peaches and took oh, way too many sips. Oh, you were going to up. All right. Now we got to see how long we can record for just oh, yeah. to see how long it takes Zyber to melt. Shit, I gotta reach out to Devin and see if he needs another two people on his podcast tonight and really watch Zyber melt. Like, be like, come on, Zyber, we gotta keep drinking. Come on, you can do it. What did Zyber do to you, dude? <laughs> we haven't yeah, exactly. I haven't gotten to New York in a while. I haven't dragged him down here. God damn it, Zyber. I was gonna say, actually, you know, we haven't bumped him since I got, uh, since I got the, uh, the nail through. You're right. Since uh, Massanutten. That's a long Damn last it. time we yeah, bumped. We got to make that happen. Well, Aaron, what are you drinking tonight? Since you've, I know, I've seen the look on your faces of just sheer horror of like, oh God, how do I exit stage left? No, no, it's good. It's all good. I just, I don't know about <laughs> all this bumping tips nonsense, but everything else has been fine. But uh, the, uh, Tonight I am drinking a lovely beverage. It's a uh, Bud Light, the standard can. It's uh, the best hop flavored cat piss I've ever had. It's delicious to me, and it's just it's wonderful. I love it. I'm on my second. Well, actually, no, my third one because I had one before dinner. I've lied. So this is my. Isn't third. isn't that the beer your dad almost no, left the no, country over? No, no, that was over? Miller. That was Miller Tallboy, or no, not uh, Miller Ponies. That's what that was. Okay. I knew it was one of those beers that were like, you know, cat yeah, piss, so horse piss. My dad came over from England, and there's a long story on that. But he came over, my uncle took him out for a bachelor party and uh, gave him a Miller Pony. Do you guys remember the Miller Ponies? They were... Aaron, do you, oh, oh, yeah. So, so Google I have no idea what Miller the Pony. Means. They're like these little... They almost like, remind me of like Red Stripe or whatever. They're these little bottles of miller they were back in like the 70s well i think they were in the 80s too but anyway so my my uncle handed him a bottle of uh of this miller the mill one of these miller ponies my dad took a sip and immediately looked and great Barrington, keep in mind he was in the back of a truck like in the bed of a truck they were driving to someplace and my dad literally looks at my uncle and says please tell me we have better beers than this and my uncle not really hearing what the hell he said. He's like, oh, no, this is one of the better beers we have. It's like, this is one of our best. And my dad literally looked at him and says, I can't live here. I, I have to go back. My uncle 
backpedaled so fast. Now, bear in mind, my uncle's, well, was an actual, like, he was an actual genius. He doesn't back out of anything. Like, he never back, like, if he, if he dedicates to something, he's right for one thing. And two, he's not backing down. Once my dad said he was going to leave, he backpedaled so fast because he just realized that he almost made his his white his sister's future husband leave the country before they got married. My dad's response was, I have a cat that can piss stronger than this. That's a great response, but also according no to Google, shit. they still make them. They're still a thing. There's seven ounce pony bottles of Miller High Life, Miller Genuine Draft, and no Coors Light. Sh- I didn't Seven know they still made bottles. those. I know what I could ship says. your dad for a present, dude. I th- you're still on thin ice from shitting in the house, man. You still you just still have permission I, to I shit know, in I the know. house again. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't draw that. Uh, bear in mind, his wife is dead now, so like, there's no filter stopping him from killing you. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Point taken. I'll have to. I'll have to write the from Zyber. <laughs> yeah, he, he still likes. He still likes Zyber, so I think you're good there. All right. I just think the pictures of them look so cute. Like I just want them because they look cute to me. Like, oh look at ooh, my little baby bottle, and then you drink like seventy of them, and you're like, oh look at it. Speaking so of cute. Uh, baby bottle, did you see that picture I sent? I was three. It popped up and I lost it. Picture and I don't know sir. how to find it. Oh, I'm checking it's it out in, right uh, now. It's in general. Oh, uh, that lobby. was you with three. Holy crap, that is you. Look at that. Was that on the floor of ACC? Wait a minute. That upper right what? picture. Whose feet are those? That's at the New Year's is party that, that we almost died at. No, that's not. Is that that is that your is my feet, feet taking the picture? Holy crap! I'm like, God, those feet look familiar. Holy crap! Those are my feet. Those are my feet. You recognize your feet from when you were a child? <laughs> I have very distinct feet. I'll take your word for it. It just sounds like a weird thing to be like, oh yeah, that's definitely my foot from when I was whatever. Where I don't know where this is. I don't see oh, you, it, and nothing it's on Instagram. Instagram. It's except for no, no, in lounge chat. One. Oh, from is it the from seven PM, PM or whatever thing? Oh wait, never mind. I'm a liar. I'm stupid. I just saw the link. I'm dumb. Never mind. Don't listen to me. <laughs> nice. You know, Aaron, if you like like Bud Light beer like that, I'm gonna have to bring you to Germany one of these days. You'll never go back to that stuff. I want to go to Germany so bad. I started trying to teach myself German a couple of years ago, and then it was really hard. And oh, I was so doing it a so lot. Well, I'm, I'm thinking like next time I go up to uh, up to New York, I'm just gonna like I'm gonna call D. I'm gonna be like D. You got to make it over here. We're just gonna invade your house, and we're gonna just bring all these beers and be like, all right, try this one. All right, now try this one. Like, if you haven't tried Dogfish Head Flesh and Blood, that is like, for IPAs, that is such a unique flavor. And I, I like, it's it's so good. It's it's not hard hitting. So not a keg well, of 120? Oh, no. We not a keg of 120? No, 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 no. We can plan for you guys to come to New York and you can come here. Oh, we good. do have parties here. 
But we have a setup for all kinds of stuff. I'll uh, I'll bring a gin mixing kit. Somebody needs to bring a keg though, because I've still never done a keg stand, and I'm 25. Not now. I'm not old. a keg of 120. My elbows are gonna not start a in keg a of, years. of 120. I see the look on your face, D. No, definitely a keg of 120. No. And and Cecil's uh, jambalaya with, oh, with uh, Pharaoh. Dude, I, jambalaya sounds baller. I make a this bomb jambalaya, and I know how ever. to make that shit in like like large batch too. I make a bomb jambalaya. Let's just say the one twenty actually it made, made a lot puke. of people puke that night. But then, but I was very clean about it. No well, mess. That's, that's and a then I continued to drink. Yeah, and someone actually, pissed yeah, between your legs too. That thing. Yeah. Oh, and I got this. I got the shit beat Timmy out of me that up. night too by by Lex. Like she beat the shit out of me. So we were all doing keg stands. If you remember, you. everybody was doing keg stands. We literally just lifted Damoc. Yeah. Damoc's not a small guy. Okay, he's a big boy. We just lifted Damoc. Yeah. So then when Lex got up there, we yeah. lifted her up, and as we lift her up, I'm like, "Quick, take the picture. She's heavy." As soon as her feet hit the floor, there was probably six or seven punches oh. that hit me. Before I even realized I was being hit. That's right. I remembered that. I was like, I kind of boot scooted out of there because I was scared. I was like, nope. And nope. I actually squirted Dude, the And the best part is, is that there's actually a picture of her, like her winding back, like pulling her arm back to punch me. And there's a picture of God. And his hands are up like and immediately. Like you can see his hands are up in the defensive position. But his face is like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to – I think I'm supposed to be laughing, but I'm terrified right now. Like, you can see it all in his face. And there I am, like, laughing because, well, I'm drunk, so I'm just going to laugh. I'm laughing, and it's like the fifth or sixth hit that she's already laid into me, and she wasn't being nice. Like, it wasn't a playful, oh, ha, ha, ha. No, she was pulling back, turning the ring so that I got full effect and wailing me as hard as she could. Good times. No, we can do it. Well, maybe at this one we yeah, won't I'll, hit each I'll other. Take that. We can just get drunk. And everyone can throw up or piss in a toilet or outside. Take your pick. Either one's right, fine. We're gonna make in the middle of nowhere. Guys, all right? So, so I'm, ne- next do whatever. Next time I go to hey New man, York, I'm gonna be flush. reaching out to both of you, and I expect the both of you to be making some fucking time coming over, and we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Aaron to Destroyer's house, and we're gonna fucking wreck face and we're gonna wake up in a field somewhere. Hopefully, I have clothes on, and we're going to go, what the hell happened? And it's going to be like that movie Hangover. There right. time frame. Hopefully, we have clothes on this time. Last oh, time was it just was weird. because you made it weird. Wait, well, I couldn't help. We have to have look. clothes? Yeah. <laughs> just want to let your skin breathe. <laughs> maybe don't. <laughs> just, maybe just the normal <laughs> amount of skin breathing is fine. If everyone doesn't mind, if it's all the same to you, maybe it'll be like a like a shirts optional, but pants or shorts necessary type of situation. I was going to say. If I have to make rules. No. Say Aaron, no. Want to see say some no. Germany pictures? Say no. 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 You sound untrustworthy as fuck right now, and you laughed, and your face got bright red, and now I just don't, I just can't trust nope. whatever's going to nope, happen. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to I'm going to go with a tentative no for now. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to see uh yeah, no, like see that's the a full on twig and berries you see right there. Like that's that's full on brown that's brown star Frank twig and, and berries. Beans, that's what you get out of that picture. Like I mean, 
bravo that you i mean bravo that you got gary coleman's forearm and everything but like seriously I was, trying, I was trying to do the homie. nice thing, pointing at the ears, but you weren't you were catching Fuck. on, Bross. I wasn't. So so it was a, I was in Germany at the time and a visit because I got out of the military. So I was no longer in the military. I was visiting and I was visiting my then girlfriend. And I was teasing her and, uh, you know, my camera's sitting there and I full on mooned her, you know, being a smart ass. So she took a picture. So I've got this picture where it catches not just the full moon, but the beans and everything. <laughs> Just the backside of everything. So I had that picture and I had it mixed up. Like when I had my film developed, I forgot about it. I was like, oh. So I stuck it in with a clump of photos. And every time I say, hey, somebody want to see some Germany photos, they start slipping through and then they finally Every time it's like a landmine and you can't (laughs) unsee it. In fact, I haven't seen it in over a decade and I still have it burned into my memory. I can still vividly tell you exactly what it looks like. So, like, a normal person, if they were like, oh, God, I accidentally put my nudie pic in here with all this these regular photos. Like, a regular person would take it out, but you're like, oh, let's mix it in here, and then I'll forget about oh, he doesn't it forget. until the next time I show somebody. Like, you got damn right. He doesn't forget. <laughs> shit's intentional. Right. He does not forget. You got damn right that shit is. <laughs> it's, this was not a... When, when you start intentionally shuffling it into your vacation photos or whatever, like, it's not an accident anymore, sir. You've lied. I don't know if you don't know the definition, or we're just making shit up or playing pretend, but I don't believe that any part of that no. was not intentional. It's, it's, it started started as an accident yeah. after that no, it's just been a no, cool it, it didn't it since. didn't start as a pr- it didn't start like it, it, it's been a prank the buddies. entire time like when you first when you showed it to me and you're like oh i forgot it was in there you were giggling like a freaking schoolgirl. i don't know man i just i'm finding it hard to believe that like, i accidentally got a picture of my butthole close up like i've never been in any scenario where like i accidentally took a picture of my asshole like i don't believe Anything that you're saying, I think this so, is all. Wait a second! From the wait jump. a second! Got to break this down for a second. You're saying that you've intentionally taken pictures of your butthole. No, I said I've never been in a situation where they were accidentally <laughs> taken. <laughs> well, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were intentionally <laughs> taken. But take from that what you will. I don't care. Decide what the truth is for yourself. I mean, I think everybody's got to get their butthole pictured at least once or twice in their life. Exactly. I got my butthole uh, pictured when I got my uh, colonoscopy. Colonic. I, yeah, colonoscopy. Uh, I think I this whole show is pretty story. much stupid story. Of course. <laughs> okay, so this is really dumb. So I actually made friends in college by talking about my butthole. And I'm not really sure why they decided to be friends with me. I'll, it'll make more sense, trust me, like the other stories. You gotta lead in with something crazy, and then you gotta reel it in and make sense. But I was sitting, I was sitting in the student center. This was the ACC. And I was talking and I saw that you could have a mold of your like asshole taken. Like you could just, people will just do this. It's somewhere is it in for the those city. Chocolates? Chocolate. Yes, it, it like, is. I need yeah, this. Yeah, I need this in my life. So you can have, you can have a mold of your butthole taken. And then with that mold, you can make chocolate or rings or whatever, like, like rings that people can wear like on their fingers with it's like instead of a stone it's your ass like the mold of your butt so i was joking i don't know maybe you could i mean i feel like if they're gonna take assholes i don't know why that would cross the line but yeah this sounds like this sounds like excellent christmas gifts 
Yes, well, that's what I was talking about. So I was joking and saying, like, for the people in my life that I'm really close to, like, this is going to be, like, a determining factor in whether or not, like, you know, they stay this close. Like, I'm going to gift you my asshole chocolate. And if you don't like it, like, uh, maybe we can't be (laughs) friends anymore, Mom. I don't know. So I was talking about this. And there was this kid who I don't know, who I had never seen before in my life, was sitting in a, in a like, chair trying to do, like, he was, like, working on something or whatever. And I kept seeing him giggling as I'm talking about this. So I'm like, hey, why don't you come sit over here? Because it's going to be less creepy if you laugh with, laugh with us than if you just sit way over there and try to laugh quietly to yourself. Because to everyone who walks in here, you're just giggling, like, by yourself. Nobody knows what's going on. It looks real creepy. So he actually fucking came to sit with me. Like, this man heard me talking about gifting people butthole rings and chocolate taken from a mold of my ass. And he was like, this is somebody I could get to know. And he came over, and we've been friends for, like, seven or eight years. And he's not even the only person that I've become friends with by talking about this story. So now it's like, this is like I slipped this in there really soon to see, like, test the waters on, like, how offended are you going to be? And can we be friends? See, now, I thought that was going to lead right into, and now we're married. (laughs) Right? Or at least eating my well, ass. I mean, it brings a whole new level to eating your ass if you're making asshole chocolates. Well, exactly, I mean, that's okay, what I'm okay, saying. Okay, so now, you know? now that brings up a real good question for me. If you eat a chocolate that's made out of a mold of somebody else's asshole, can you officially say that you've eaten ass? I wouldn't count it. I think it'd be like you're intentionally deceitful. I would say you've eaten their eaten ass, ass by, by proxy. proxy. I'm going to take that. Actually, I'm going to name the fucking episode that. <laughs> Eating as my proxy. I think you should. I think you should. Yes. It definitely sets the mood for this one. Oh, yeah. We, we've yeah, definitely we gone we, off the we rails. Haven't we haven't even hit our topic. We're game. off the rails. That's the whole topic was supposed to be a state of games. We've just been talking about. You said we had to wait till oh, Zyber yeah. was fucked up. Good. So we're You're biding right. our right. time. That's what you You're said. Right. Good call. We are all listening call. to the you, rules. You understood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll go with that i'll, I'll go with that as, as if i consciously you know intentionally you know understood right. and felt the assignment State of games. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that state of games is where we talk about what we've been playing for the past week or we pontificate like how we feel gaming is today so state of games is going to roll a little bit long i don't even know how long we're doing tomorrow like 40 fucking nine minutes into this um it's going to go a little long anyways because like that's the whole topic tonight, was state of games, how we feel games are today. So, why don't we roll that around, let's reverse that right up. Aaron, what is your state of games? I'm going to um, I'm gonna pontificate instead this time, instead of talking about what I've been playing. I'm not happy with the state of games right now. I am so sick and tired of this, like, you have to buy the games before they come out, and then you get an an unfinished piece of shit or like you buy a game and the campaign is garbage and the multiplayer is garbage and you got to play a season pass to get half the weapons. Like I'm so sick of this paying full price for half a game. Nonsense. I don't like, know you how you a great point. And like, there's, there's a lot to unwrap right there. So let's, let's actually unwrap some of that. So first off, you've got buying an early product. So early access, buying buying into beta or or pay to beta. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot right there. Um, 
and there's a like there's there's a solid question. I mean, I so I'm I'm old school, and I think D and Zyber, I think you both can agree with me here. I think you've both been down this road where I'm old school beta tester, where you sign up, you get on a list. Um, sometimes they were paid, sometimes most of the time they weren't, but you got access to a game before it was released to the public, and you played it, and you filled out like again. Correct me if if you guys had a different or a different situation, but what I experienced was you if you found a bug, you figured out if it was repeatable, you filled out a whole report on it, you gave them debug logs, like you dumped in a whole bunch of stuff to them. So if like this is different from you guys, tell me. But like that's what I remember of early access. I'll quote that early access games. We got the. What I think Aaron is going with is is uh, not the early access like the beta testing, but lately even AAA titles have been pulling that shit where they come out with like just all kinds of fucked up and buggy. Should have been it's a AAA title. It should have been finished and polished, and then they're like fixing it later on or promised a bunch of shit they didn't deliver, and then you have to right. charge you DLC to fucking get the finished game. Let's give some examples. And I think of that's kind of like there's been a few games hold on, like hold on, that. Cyber. Hold on, hold on, that. Let's let's give some examples of what you're talking about. So, give me some examples of. Full-on AAA titles that have been released where they've been unfinished, and you've really had to—you're really playing a beta version. Uh, so like Call of Duty, and I don't know if this counts as like the beta version, but like the last two games that they released, uh, one had like a soulless campaign that was just literally like the fourth rehash of just World War Two. And unlike, like, originally when it was, like, there was heart and soul, there was a story that they were trying to tell, they they literally just, like, mashed up other stories that they had already told and threw it in there. The multiplayer, there was barely any. And then, uh, in addition to paying $60 for just the game itself, then, if you want to play multiplayer and be competitive, it's not just extra skins and shit that paying for the season pass gets you, but guns that have better stats than regular. So now you have to pay extra just to be competitive in a game you already paid full price for. And that's some bull- that's okay. some baby back bullshit okay. to I'll me. Take that. I don't Zyber, like that. What'd you have? I don't like it at all. I was just going to say it falls into that whole thing of like games as a service Very good point. kind of thing where you're paying for the initial release, but to further progress, you have to buy what they're calling uh, DLC, and it's not really DLC. It's legit part of the game in a lot of cases. Well, I would say in a fair amount of the cases, it's not really a DLC, it's just more of the game. Uh, or how they're releasing the game in uh, seasonal content. Uh, and like what Aaron was talking about, also it, it's that service of uh, pay to win. You buy these uh, seasonal passes to get extra loot boxes or extra like little perks throughout the game. Um, that shit does piss me off because... Like the three of us, uh, old fucks, uh, know like the joy of getting a legitimate full release, um, with not as many bugs, but still pretty buggy at times. And you're also paying for that, uh, 
uh, service of, well, we're going to patch it. Back when we grew up on games, we didn't have that uh, that kindness, I will say kindness, of being able to get a patch for a game that was okay, um, quite fucked up in areas, but it was a good game. It was just, you couldn't go into this area of a map if you didn't want to bug out. Uh, an example of a game that, that was buggy when it was released but was fantastic is like Skyrim. Skyrim was huge. It was an open world, but it was full of shit. But it had bugs, but people weren't upset about it because the game was really good. Like a shitload of time and effort went to it. It was fucking gorgeous. The stories were incredible. Like it was great. But then there's a lot of games that release that are really buggy, but they have none of that quality about them. Skyrim was fixed by the fans, not Bethesda. Yep. Bethesda used the fuck out of their uh, mod, their mod community, uh, yeah, spectrum of the game, yeah, the mod community, and really fucked them over by ripping their code. Well, you bring up something very important game. there. Um, let's let, let's 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 unpack that a little bit. Uh, Zyber, you you mentioned games as a service, so let's actually take a let, let's let's take let's just jump back in history for a little bit and let's actually unpack some of that. So games growing up, like we had games. I mean, you, you you had plenty of games like Medal of Honor. You had Call of Duty, like the original OG Call of Duty. Um, you had things like Space Quest from Sierra. You had a, a you had a bunch of different um, you had a bunch of different games that came out, and and it, it's exactly what you described, Zyber. I mean, when you get a game, that's what you got, uh, and th- they would release patches. And you would have to go out, manually download said patch, get the patch installed, and, like, it was a manual process. It, it's, it's not nearly as streamlined as it is today. Uh, but that's one of the benefits that we have for gaming as a service, is that you get those you get those patches. Um, but you also got to, like, we also got to keep in mind, we got to keep context and framing in mind here. Games when we were growing up, like games back in the 90s, even the early 2000s. Games were a lot less complex. There was a lot less moving parts. So, I mean, one of the benefits that we have as gaming as a service. So, think of it this way. Let's actually let's actually tackle Skyrim for a second. Let's say Skyrim came out. Skyrim's a, a single player game. All right. Nobody, you, you don't you don't jump onto Skyrim and play with a whole platoon of people. So imagine if when Skyrim came out. The buggy mess it was. That's what you got. That's it. Nothing else. There was no modding. There was no nothing. The buggy mess is literally what you got unless you went out and physically searched for a patch. Not to say the company didn't release a patch. Games like or companies like Sierra, Activision, all that stuff, they released patches all the time for their games. Just whether you went out and you found it and downloaded it and then installed it, which was a manual process. So just imagine for me that you bought Skyrim and that's it. That's what you got. That buggy mess. Now, as a community, I'm pretty confident Bethesda would have gone under because they would. there was no way, shape, or form that they would have been able to survive releasing that and then keeping that process in play. So gaming as a service has brought with it a lot of great things that comes along with it, but it is something that we have to pay for. 
What do you got, D? I mean, I also remember being, of course, you know, starting off being a gamer in the 80s and everything else. For consoles, there was no patch to fix bugs. If you had a shitty game you bought, you were stuck with said shitty game and all the bugs, even if it was game crashing, game breaking. To lead into that, though, you got to keep in mind that games on consoles, we're talking 80s. So we're talking Atari. We're talking Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay. Games back then were significantly less complex. Yes. But if you, but my point was that if the downside was if you buy a console game, correct, and it was a mess, even though a lot more correct. simple, there was no fixing. In it. fact, it goes farther kind of into what you when got. you try to emulate those today. When you go and get the ROM, there are literally those ROMs. If they're true ROMs, they still have those same bugs with them, and that's what you get today. So when I, because I bought Skyrim when it first came out, I, when I was a kid, for the it was on the 360 then. So I bought that, and and I had that for on actually I don't think I had a patch on there until uh, they released like the new CD for it. Like I bought a physical copy for the Xbox One. Like you had to your you couldn't do your save or whatever, and it wasn't backwards compatible. So you had to buy the CD again. So I actually ended up paying 120 dollars for one game, which kind of irked me but when i bought the new one i could get patches but i played skyrim for a couple of years before patches were available to me specifically because i played on console and i didn't know how to do that shit and like i i know like some of the the bugs were shitty and you couldn't do certain missions but like for the most part at least for me i still very much enjoyed the game and in my opinion it was worth the the 60 bucks but yeah uh the thing with skyrim though is yeah, those people out there that will not complain about buying that game for every system out there and every innovation. I bought the special edition. I bought there. the standard edition. I bought every edition of Skyrim <laughs> because you know what? The game is fantastic. I will play that on my fridge. I think I've got a. Uh, I think I got ColecoVision out here, and they they released Skyrim for it, and I've been I bought it on that. Like I I I'm one of those guys. I drank the I I drank the Bethesda Kool Aid. Like really, I did. But on the flip side, like what you were talking about, Aaron, where you bought it and then you bought it again, even for the PS3, like which was back with the Xbox one day, you could still get patches and download patches for it. Like it was there. So, I mean, gaming as a service has it's it definitely has its benefits. Now, it's got its drawbacks, too, because it's it's a pain in the ass. And for definitely for those people who have lived through that transition, like Hundred percent. I am with you one hundred percent, Aaron. Like I've lived through that transition from where it was games as a product to games as a service, and nothing frustrates me more than games as a service because I like I'm the old school. I buy a game, I want to play the game, and that's it. I, I enjoy the game for what it is, and I'll go back and I'll I'll replay a game. Shit, I think I've replayed Castlevania. Two Simon's Quest. I've probably replayed that a dozen times. I've beaten it a dozen times. I will still go back and play that game more. Games like Skyrim, which are that complex. I mean, every playthrough that you get on that is always different. Like, like it's almost an infinite amount of replayability because of the amount that you just the amount of complexity to it. But with that complexity comes a mass of bugs behind it. 
Yeah, the only thing, though, when it comes to games as a service that gets under my skin is, for the most part, when you buy a game and you're playing through it and you think you're getting a complete story, but you get like a quarter way into the game and it says, hey, wait for the next drop. And then it's like, okay, now you have to pay another... Like fifty bucks for the next portion of the game. Dude, that's that every MMO spent ever released, and they learned that they can make so much money off of that. The first game that came to mind when you said that was Destiny. I everybody knows I love Destiny. That is literally the epitome of pay me more money to get more story. Um, what I thought of when you said that was Life is Strange did that, where they do this, like, bullshit chapter thing where you pay for the game, but you only get part of it. And if you only buy the first part, it's not like you get a game and you'd be satisfied with where it ends. It's a cliffhanger. You don't get to play very much into the story. You're paying $20 for, you know, like, an hour or something of story. Like, it's just... My, my, I guess my issue breaks down into if I pay full price for something, I should be able to get a full game out of it without needing to buy extra stuff to be competitive for multiplayer right. the same or thing to be happened, able to understand the story. Yep, the same thing happened with Wolf Among Us uh, what do you got, and Dave? a few other Tall Tale games. Well, before you said, like, yeah, you give some examples. So I actually had a couple examples ready, and this goes to what Zybra and uh, Aaron were saying. A perfect example is a game that, you know, one of my favorite games, Final Fantasy VII Remake. You basically get the first disc $60 game, and you basically get Midgar. That's like the first little area you get out of in the first in, in the in the original game. And I don't know how many games are going to go through, you know, how many times you're going to have to pay $60 to get at least a little bit of the story. And that's like an example right there. It's like, shouldn't it have been a little bit less, or should we get a little bit more of the game with each rendition? I know it's a big game. I know with the graphics update... And the amount of extra, like the type of bat, you know, the battle system they adopted. I know there's a lot more. They added some more quests and storyline to it, but it's really it's only a small part of the original game. And then yeah. as, as far as AAA titles, like you know, like you know, buggy messes and problems. I mean, take a look at Halo Infinite. I mean, how much bigger of a company can you get than that? And that was a complete catastrophe with the connectivity issues, people losing their EXP and their ca- characters not saving their EXP, and all kinds of other buggy mess issues. Yeah, I will not get the remake only because I don't want to pay that much for each uh, content drop that they have for the freaking game. It's not worth it to me. Uh, So you briefly mentioned the Halo Infinite. So I actually bought that and I was going to stream it. And the stream ended up me playing it for a little bit and then getting really angry about their, like, level-up system. Like, it's the dumbest... Honestly, I've never I've never seen any other game that's got a dumber fucking level-up system. I do not understand how you don't get experience, any experience at all for just playing a game. You get experience for completing very specific missions that require you to do different multiplayer modes. And, like, usually in a game like a Call of Duty or something, that's, like, you intentionally pick to do those like you pick these specific like daily or weekly objectives but then they're the only way to level up and then most of the level up rewards so even if you do this nonsense to be able to level up you can't unlock the shit unless you pay for the season pass and so it's ridiculous and there's not very many multiplayer modes and it's just the most disturbing thing i've ever seen it's the most egregious disgusting mess 
of a multiplayer mode I've ever seen of any game ever. It is awful. Sorry, Cecil, I got mad. No, no, get mad, get mad. That's what we're ta- that's what we're here for. Like we're talking about it. We're getting mad. So that's actually you just you actually just touched on something that frustrates me. I enjoy playing a game, but I super enjoy playing a game the way I want to play it. And that's like video gaming to me. It, that's how you play, like how you want to play it. And a great game allows people to play the way they want to play. Like, uh, and I'm going to bring up Destiny again because that game is both a major source of frustration and also a major source of entertainment for me. You can play that game however you like. There's so many different ways that you can play it. If you like playing as a hunter, titan, warlock, whatever, there's so many different ways that you can play the game and it still feels good. What really grinds my gears is when you get a game that forces you to play it in a different way. Not forces you to play like there's some completionist ways like achievements and shit like that. I'm not I'm not arguing that. Okay, like you get an achievement that says like, okay, one in Borderlands. There's an achievement in Borderlands where you have to kill a creature by jumping up and down on its head. It's called like the plumber's revenge or something like that. Okay, nothing in that game is going to make you jump up and down on something's head to kill it. But that's a funny freaking achievement. I dig that. That's a But that's a way of playing the game that you would never play the game before. That I'm okay with. It's like, hey, you got to do this to get this achievement. You got to play this, which isn't the normal way of playing to get an achievement. I'm perfectly okay with that. It's when the game forces you to play in a way that doesn't it's not natural to you that's where it gets super frustrating um a game that comes to mind is uh, you guys play battlefield at all i'm seeing some nods i'm seeing some thumbs up okay so in battlefield there were like certain attachments for weapons that you could not unlock unless you used these specific weapons so like for instance i think it was like shotgun or something like that like you couldn't unlock the automatic shotgun Unless you used a shotgun. I'm not a shotgun fan. However, the automatic shotgun, you throw slugs in it. It's basically a big fucking slug thrower. You know, it's basically like a machine gun, but throws out big old wads of lead at people. And it fucking wrecks house. I like that. Like, that's my play style. I like using automatic weapons. But you have to use a pump action shotgun to get your way there. It's like, ah, all right, fine. I'll use it. But then, not only do you have to use that to get there, but then to actually make that next shotgun even viable to use, you've got to use it, but in, like, stupid ways to unlock the different attachments. And it's like, I don't play that way. I don't want to play that way. Don't force me to play that way. If that's what you have to do, like, if you have to force me to play a game differently to just extend, artificially extend the playtime, yeah. Uh, Call of Duty, at least the last two, like Cold War and Vanguard, do something similar where like you can unlock your attachments and stuff by leveling up uh, for the most part. But like some things like uh, if you want to dual wield shotguns, you have to do all this extra stupid shit to unlock them. But the shotguns don't do hardly any damage if you're playing in a regular play style. So like to get to that point, because you have to completely level it up and do all this extra shit to be able to get the double barrel or the not double barrel, sorry, dual wielding shotguns to make them like usable in multiplayer. But you have to grind through all this nonsense of barely doing any damage unless you're playing in hardcore hardcore mode. And like most people, I feel like aren't going to be like, oh yeah, I I love hardcore mode doing the shotguns. Now I 
think it's okay, but like to get that, you have to play that way. And that's like, that's another part of my problem. Cyber, I'm sorry. You wanted to say something? No, it's all right. No need to be sorry. Um, the one thing that I will say, some companies that have the whole, you can get extra stuff if you get like plan X, Y, or Z, like uh, Ubisoft, they have a thing with their achievements where you get uh, achievement points that you can use to unlock things. That concept, I like, because then you're not paying out of your pocket for a game that you already played. You're earning a means to unlock stuff within the game with your achievement points. You see, I'm on the fence with that because that's still a, like, if it's just, okay, so like I know what you're talking about with Ubisoft and I actually do like that. But there's some other games and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm sitting here stalling trying to remember them and my alcohol-soaked brain isn't doing it. <clears throat> but there are other games that, like, like in the Ubisoft way, I, I like I, it's exactly what you said, and I love it because I love that concept because you can just play however you want, and you'll get those rewards to then turn around and use them on on Ubisoft games. But there are other games that, again, like like Aaron described, where it's like you have to play it this specific way to earn this specific reward to get there, and it's just so fucking frustrating. Uh, for me, I think the worst variation of this is the pay to win system and like that's how i feel like um and it's not necessarily this way because like i obviously i don't play super competitively but like i play call of duty vanguard i'm decent i think i'm maybe a little bit better than average but i could not play competitively i'd get murdered um so i'm like decent at the game i have a positive kd but if you don't pay for the season pass there are weapons with better like there are like assault rifles you can get that have better stats than any of the assault rifles you can unlock so you can't grind your way to getting stats that good you have to pay so if you have more money to spend then now you have a competitive advantage and i think that that's kind of like i i just don't like it i don't i don't think it should be like i'm not gonna get a pitchfork and torch about it but like it kind of irritates the shit out of me that you can have an advantage in a game and do better based just on spending money and having no skill. Because that's kind of not what games are about to me. It's not about who has more money to spend. Yeah, uh, that's like um, freaking uh, Paladins with their original Founders Pack that let you unlock every last character available and every future character. Um, yeah, Yep, I got that too. I got it too. Which a lot of these new characters are so OP that um, if you're able to get that character right out the gate and early access, you have such a more uh, prevalent advantage over everybody else. I mean, you know, you know, spoiled people with money get ahead in life enough all over the place. You know, money gets them ahead at all kinds of crazy shit. We don't need that shit in gaming, too. We don't need more assholes getting ahead with money in gaming as well as everywhere else. That's kind of my so opinion. So, to, to play devil's advocate on this, this argument was brought up to me. Now, just, just to be to, to be 100% transparent. To be fair. I agree with you. Uh, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Um, anyway, uh, to be transparent, uh, I, I'm with you guys. I, I think I, I don't like the pay to win concept. But the argument was brought to me and 
I, I'm not going to lie. I agree with this argument some. The argument is that to gain to gain better stats in a game, it takes time, right? Well, to get money, it takes time, right? So effectively, not always, not your always. Time. Well, I mean, if you can tell me how to make money without spending time, I mean, you got you got people out there that are silver spoon in the mouth that get handed everything. You have those types, but it's still, but it still took took somebody's time to get that money. Well, like investments, that, that money, money just can make appear. more. Well, money can make money if you have some money to invest. You can actually turn it into a lot of money if you're really smart or lucky. So, but it I still mean, took time to invest correctly. I mean, there's some. It, it some still degree, equates to. But it's not as, as I mean, linked. It's, but it's, it's not as linked to time as, like, say, trading hours like of your life for money, like working nine to five. I mean, it does take some job, some time, but not as much. There's really no limitation to say I could get lucky or I could be really smart and do some research. But still, I could turn like say a million into a billion. But you can't do that. You can't trade any more hours of your life. So I mean, it's kind of apples to but, oranges. But my point is, is that. In most cases, time equals money. So if I've spent my time working and busting my ass to make money, and I take that money to advance in a game because I don't have the time to play that game, then logically, I'm still spending time to get wherever that is. I'm just not spending my time in the game. Again, this argument was brought up to me. And as I said, I find some validity to it. Because, it does have a fair point. Look, look. I mean, okay, look. Most most of us, except for Erin, she's like, I don't know, 14. Most of us are getting older. <laughs> I, saw, I, got the, I got the birds from Erin on that one. Hey, look, looking at the three of us old bastards, I mean, look, look at all the, the fucking crinkle lines I got whenever I raise my eyebrows. We don't have yeah, a lot okay. of time to game yeah. anymore. You got... You got like two. I've got like 15 if I squint hard. Yeah, look at D over there. He looks like a friggin' Neanderthal. Like, that's how old he is. Anyway, for us old fuckers, <laughs> for us old fuckers who, you know, like, we work a lot. Like, I, I, I can't I can't say for anybody in here, but I can say, D, I know you work a lot of OT. Zyber, I know you work a lot of OT. Me, I, like, shit. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, Eric. Like, me, uh, just, it's been one of those things of just, like, hardworking, long hours. It's just been the lifestyle. Just, like, that's IT. Like, that's just the way I've, that's just the way the world is in, in IT. So, I don't get a lot of time anymore to play games. When I, when I get time to play games, I try to make them as meaningful as possible. But, and I think this goes to uh, to what Aaron was saying about pay to win. There's a lot of games out there that you like games as a service. Like let's take World of Warcraft, Destiny. Let's take CO, Let's take COD. Let's take Battlefield. All of them have a leveling system in there in some way, shape, or form. That if you are not up to level, you are at a definite disadvantage. So, like for instance, you're playing Battlefield. Okay, if I spend I don't know. I spend $500 to max out my level in Battlefield. That makes me at the same 
equipment level, let's say. Let's just call this equipment level. I'm at the same equipment level as everybody else. So then it's my skill as a player that then gets translated. So I don't need to be a god-tier player just to be viable. So, I mean, like in games like COD or Battlefield or something like that, that's got a leveling system. Paying to win, quote unquote, paying to win. If I if I've made if I've taken the time to make the money, I don't have the time to play the game. Then it's just my skill level at that point in time. Granted, it puts me at a much higher advantage to people who don't have the money and don't have the skill level. So then I'm wrecking house on them because, well, you know what? Get good, son. Sorry. But then you got games like Destiny, where like in PvP, like most of PvP is skill-based. And then you've got certain things like Iron Banner and Trials, which your light level actually apply to. But it's still, there's a lot of skill there that you've got to run into. So it's one of those, like I I don't like the concept of pay to win. I hate it. Especially when you're like mobile games. I love, what is it, Marvel Strike Force? I love Marvel Strike Force. I hate that I can grind for 100 hours in that game and somebody else can come along and pay 60 bucks and get to exactly where I I was. Drives me absolutely batshit crazy. Hence why I don't play Marvel Strike Force anymore. But I still love Marvel Strike Force. It's a good game. Uh, The one thing that uh, makes... Sorry, I'm starting to get a little oof in Canada. Yeah, you are. I can see it um, in your eyes. Yep. Uh, the the thing that came to mind when you were talking about that is how uh, some people do that, what is it, peer training, where you pay someone to uh, max out your character level. Like uh, um, when people play certain games that are shooters that um, – have leveling like cod and you can get those russian services that will play your account like 24 7 for a week that shit i hate because that's that's not you earning all that that's someone else and i agree with that that those services where you just pay for somebody like Like Tarkov, I think I've seen that a lot in, where you just pay somebody to max out your character. Or even like WoW was actually probably as far back as I remember seeing those, was where you just pay somebody to level your character out to 60. And literally, all they did was they had a bunch of friends that were at higher tier, and they just dragged that character through. So what would have taken you 150, 200 hours to pull off, they're pulling off in like you know, 10, 20 hours because they just have people doing the high stuff. So, yeah, like those services, but on the flip side, that's just, I mean, if people are willing to spend that money, like seriously, if people are willing to spend that money to get their character leveled up there, like they're not, they're not enhancing their skill with it. So like, think think of it this way. All right. I'm going to drop this. You give somebody the best made Damascus steel, like old school Damascus steel katana. All right. Great weapon. I think we can all agree. Fantastic weapon. 
if you're right? not skilled on how to use it, you'll cut your goddamn legs off. Exactly. You don't know how to use it. You're going to slice something open. Let's say, let's go even a step further. We're going to give somebody the first ever lightsaber. We're just going to hand it to them. They paid for it. They spent all the money to get this thing built. You hand them a lightsaber. They don't know how to use it. First thing they're going to do, probably decapitate themselves. Exactly. They're going to be a Skywalker. Where did my hand go? Where did my hand go? They're going to be sitting there going, why is the world twisting and twirling like that? Is that my body? Oh, shit. Like, that's what's going to happen. So, I mean, those people who spend the money to get their characters ground to 60, if they don't have the skill level to use that character, then it's like, you know, it's giving a a five-year-old a shotgun. Great. They got it. They're probably not going to be able to hit the broadside of a barn with it. I saw that article um, I posted in What the Fuck, right? Oh, about the kid who shot their... Wait, which one was that? The four-year-old that... um the parent handed the gun to and said, hey, shoot the cops. Oh, yeah. Contrary to property belief, toddlers have better aim than you think. Well, actually, there was that fucking, I think, like, eight or 12-year-old. She's like a a shot put um, champion. Somebody broke into their goddamn house, and she, like, warned them. She says, I have a shotgun, and I will use it. They didn't believe her. They walked up the stairs and got their face blown off. Like, that's fucked up. Well, all right. It is. It is. That was Aaron's state of games. D, what's your state of games? Well, uh, today I came home with a brand new game. I decided to try Elden Ring. Tell me about it, please. So Elden Ring is, uh, was worked on. One of the people that worked on it was none other than George R. R. Martin from Game of Thrones. So, so far, it's set up to have a really cool base story. But it seems to be pretty... The gameplay seems to be pretty damn close to identical to, like, the Demon Souls, the Dark Souls. So, it's very, very close. It's almost like just playing another one of those games. Um, the, the story's intriguing so far, but want to get further into it. Started playing it today, and, of course, I've... I'm losing coordination, so I'm not as, you know, due to the neurological thing. So, I'm not, like, really as anywhere near as good as I used to be. I am getting slaughtered in that game. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get pretty good at killing some of the enemies and get going a little bit. Then I'll step in the wrong spot. And then like more of a boss level guy will come over and be like, I'll be like, hey, maybe I can dead. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I guess I'm, I'm, I guess I'm trying that again. So I my fiance and I both bought it. I haven't played it yet. I'm going to tomorrow. But he's been playing it so that we can do the like play together. And the entire time that we've been on the podcast, he has been in the same boss battle trying to kill somebody on a horse and i've just been watching this over my computer monitor and that's what like those random noises you keep hearing it's him being like fuck god damn it fuck and like yeah so it's i haven't played anything the only thing i've seen is this one battle over and over again but it seems that's brutal same, as hell that's the same motherfucker that kept catching me i finally started sneaking around him because he keeps fucking killing me well, tell me how to, tell me how to kill him, and I'll relay notes when I'm muted. I'll just start yelling things. I All didn't. Right. I didn't. So I snuck around and just left installed. the area. I left him behind. I just snuck away. I haven't beat him. I just left. Oh, I thought you snuck behind him to like kill him. I didn't think you like literally like ran no. the fuck away. No, I was a little bitch. I left. <laughs> I was Proper like, English you know, attitude. Fuck this guy. I was so like, my, fuck uh, this shit. I'm gone. 
So, my fiance so goes, you I'm summoning the, the shit out of people. So, D, you welched out of the battle. You goddamn right I did. I just left All the right. area and said, let me go some- see something over here. So All that I tells heard me was, because Cecil. of my limited time, I want to install a trainer. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I've actually it, been looking it, at Elden Ring. It, it, it's good. It looks to have a cool storyline. I mean, it, it's difficult. Um, I got killed a few times. You know, like I said, uh, that one I didn't try to refight. That that horse guy he murdered me a couple times. The rest of them I was able to get. You know, figure out what I did wrong and, and be able to compensate for that. Um, been collecting a few things, oddball things. I, I repicked up uh, the original on Genesis Streets of Rage to play with the wife because she loves playing through those beat em ups with me. We should do that all the time. So I repicked up the Streets of Rage on the Genesis. Uh, I'm kind of in a little bit of a Castlevania kick collecting, so I, I even though it's not a good one, I grabbed up the uh, Nintendo 64 Castlevania game for collecting. You know, play oh, through was that the one where you were a werewolf? I think the werewolf was the second one. I don't remember. I mean, you have the guy with the whip to start off on the first one, but, you know, I mean, I haven't really played through the 64 ones, so it's... I'm. <sighs> I tried one out before a little bit, like briefly years ago, but I'm trying to get to more into some of the oddball and the crappier ones just to collect them and to play them. Um, well, the, really the new Castlevanias that came out that I think Hideo Kojima had a hand mm-hmm. in, those are fucking amazing. Yes, like, I, I have those. Fuck, I fucking love those. Those are Yeah, Lords of Shadows. They're great. Lords of Shadows. Thank you. They were. Yes. They're, like, look, I love the 2D Castlevania or um, Metroidvania or mm-hmm. whatever the hell they are. I love those too. But man. Lords of Lords Shadows, of Kata, like chaos. That was that wasn't that a uh, that was not a, a that was a different game. Lords of Chaos. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, been eating pizza. Lords of Chaos Online. Yeah, it's Castlevania Lord of Shadows that you know because I got a couple of the special editions in here. I mean, I mean, I really like that. Um, but but I mean, yep, Shadows. Even though that. Yeah, even though the yeah, even though the Nintendo sixty four ones were kind of crappy. I mean, that's kind of like their first foray into three D. Yeah, they had the Nintendo sixty four, and then they had the PlayStation two ones, which I just actually bought as well for collecting. Oh, the Lamont of Innocence. Yep, and Curse of Darkness. Oh wait, which one? Well, there was two that came out on the PlayStation two: Lamont of Innocence, and then afterwards Curse of Darkness. Ooh, I don't remember Curse of Darkness. I remember Lamont of Innocence. Yep. So there was two on the PlayStation 2, and like this is like basically what leading up to the technology that led them up to getting gonna get it used to make, you know, used to making the 3D games, which led to, of course, Lord of Shadows. I mean, without that basis, they wouldn't have made Lord of Shadows. So I mean, I've been trying to get uh collect it. I'm I'm sorry that I I, I missed one, is I should have picked it up. I know it was like 200 bucks. But a complete in the box, I saw it, uh, that's entertainment, you know, one of my favorite gaming stores. They had a complete copy of uh Bloodlines on the Genesis for like 200 bucks, which is actually is a good deal. Holy I, shit, Bloodlines. But I, pick, but I didn't pick it up. I mean, I have a spare, like, Bloodlines cartridge, but it was a complete in the box, and I probably should have, but I didn't. So, my fiancé has just discovered a cheaty face-style strategy to beating that horse guy. Summon somebody and have them stand on that rock wall thing, and then when the boss turns around and tries to keep slapping them because they're up there and it can't reach them, just come behind and hit him in the ass and then run away and repeat. Just rinse and repeat that strategy. Apparently, it works because he just beat it after this entire time of being Every on the podcast, fighting die, him. Just... That's awesome. I, I will file that for later. So say that's podcasts, some gorilla tactic shit right there. Yeah, exactly. Speaking about uh, uh, streaming and 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 and, yeah, and all that, as I was actually thought of streaming as something for you, Aaron. 
You see, uh, last podcast, Cecil was telling me about, you know, the Kid Icarus. You've never seen the Kid Icarus games. Well, I've got the original on NES boxed and the original, actually before it came out in the U.S., the one on the Famicom disk system, the Japanese system. I thought about loading that up and playing a stream for you one of these days with the, so you can see me play, uh, well, poorly, but play uh, Kid Icarus because it's hard as fuck. You should. Oh. You should definitely stream. Is your username, like, is it the same as on Discord? Like, is it the same so I can find Yeah, it's Microbrewgamers, yeah. Yeah, for okay. Twitch, for, yeah. Okay, Everything. yeah, no, yeah, I'll definitely, I'm not following you yet, but I'll follow you on there and watch, because I like to watch people play shit that I, like, I haven't, oh, if I'm not going to play it, I'll watch other people play it. If it's something I'm going yes. to play, I won't watch people play it, so, like, that's, sorry we got off topic or whatever, but, like, yeah, no, I'll definitely do that, you should play it, do it. That's legit. Yeah, it's, a, it's a classic, it's difficult as hell, but it's a classic. I've never actually beaten it, I've never got past that fucking eggplant wizard, that rat bastard. I've only ever beaten that game once, and it was at my neighbor's. His name was Brian Mara, and I beat it once. And Cecil's a far superior gamer to me, so I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just can't. I can't. <laughs> but I like playing it. It's fun. No, one time. That's it. One time. Like, and, and it was it was a it was a RCH. And if you're wondering what RCH stands for, it's red con hair. Like an RCH that I was able to beat at that one time. Like Medusa? Medusa's but- freaking cake to beat. But it, it it gives you a code. You can start off right from... <laughs> yeah, well, okay, look. Back in the day, unless you had Nintendo Power, which I didn't. I didn't have enough money to get Nintendo Power. Same. I didn't have that. So, like, literally, I went over to, I went over to Brian's house. He lived next door. And we played through as much as we possibly could. You didn't could. need Nintendo and, like, Power. Right, okay, when how was die, I going to get a code? Get a access, you get a level code. To pop yeah, in at what, the start screen. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I only ever beat it once because I only ever went through it and got past that eggplant wizard once. After I beat Medusa, it's not like I went back and like, well, shit, I want to go beat Medusa 40 times. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, you fucker. I mean, it's, it's a good game, but I've never had the skill level for that. But um, yeah, no, so I've been picking up. Yeah, I've been picking up a few oddball things. Um, like I, I recently got, I think I said that in the last podcast, I got the uh, Sega CDX in. Um, yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, I got a boxed slim PS2 that I collect that I just bought. So I have a nice box and, you know, a nice shaped one. Um, I picked up a, uh, I, showed, I think I showed you this, Cecil. I picked up a, a Japanese Final Fantasy 3 DS. Yes. Yeah, which is very pretty, all nice and white. It's actually in phenomenal condition. Uh, so I picked up one of those. So just a few odds and ends. I picked up another uh, Vita because I love the Vita. So I picked up a spare Vita, so I could play more I of the action games. So I don't wear my, out my main one. So or not side my Vita, note, but did, uh, my PSP, PSP. Sorry for walking over. Yes, it just made me think of something. Oh, it's all good. So it's actually funny that I was actually looking up earlier because um, Daymok was mentioning in the Discord. About because we were talking about the Steam Deck and uh, like I look, I already bought like I'm I'm as soon as I get the email, I'm buying mine. Like I'm I'm full on in this for for a couple of different reasons. One, I want to support this product because I want to see it continue. I want to see more versions come out. I'm not. I'm hopeful for this product for what I want to use it for, which is a lot of old stuff and some new stuff. Like I just want to play Destiny from a handheld sitting in my in my in my bed that's like that's what i want but anyway um 
I don't expect this Steam Deck to be viable for 10 years. Because if you look at, and that was one of the things, it's like, I was looking at consoles. Sorry to digress. I was looking at consoles, and like the DS had a 10-year life cycle. The PSP, 10-year life cycle. Uh, 3DS, I think, had a 10-year life cycle. Um, the Vita, ironically, only had an 8-year life cycle. So I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. We're five years into the Switch's life cycle. And to be perfectly honest, it looks like the Switch is going to go for another five years easy. So I, we got in the conversation and I was saying, hey, look, you know, this I don't think the Steam Deck is going to have. Well, not don't think I know the Steam Deck is not going to have a 10 year life cycle. Like people may use it for 10 years and well beyond hell. I still fire up my PSP to play Soviet Strike because I have the CD upstairs. I don't have my PlayStation hooked up. However, I want to play Soviet Strike every now and then. I have it on my PSP. I can't get it to work on my computer. It's the only place I can get it to work. So I have it running there. So I still fire my PSP. So I'm sure there's still a market or there's still people who are going to use their Steam Deck well after the Steam Deck 2 or 3 or whatever comes out. But that's one of the reasons why I'm buying a Steam Deck is because I want to support the product. I'm sp- I'm using my wallet to say, hey, look, there's a demand for this. Keep it going. Not to mention that I've been griping for like the past four years that I want a Switch that I can have Steam Link playing on so I can play my Steam games from my da- from my from my bed. Uh, we got two people. So Aaron, what do you got first? And we'll go to D. You said the PSP had a 10-year lifespan. And that, I okay, so like I had one of those as a kid. And, well, I actually still have it. And like I remember those being not popular, but like a lot of people had them. I had one. Uh, my parents bought one for me and both of my sisters. But I only remember those being kind of like, I don't know what word to say, like in style for like a year or so. So like what well, is so the 10-year thing? When I say lifestyle or life cycle, I mean it was supported by developers for 10 years. Like they were still releasing product and they were still releasing games, um, even if they weren't releasing them on UMD, because the UMD, unfortunately, didn't last that long. Um, nobody that 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 didn't that didn't catch with people. So the UMD kind of like went by the wayside, but you could still download games digitally. Um, and that's really where. The PSP and Vita really started to shine with digital stuff. So when I say 10-year life cycle, I mean it was supported by Sony and developers for 10 years. It's kind of ironic that the shortest life cycle of all went to the Vita, and the Vita, literally, that word means life. <laughs> Dude, like, I loved my Vita. I love I it I used still. that Vita so much. Like, an insane amount. Yeah, I still have mine at my at in my bedroom, in the in the um in the cabinet next to me. Like I got a little desk drawer thing going there. I still have it there, and when I pull it out, it's like, oh, I'm gonna play some. I still have the the charging cable plugged in, so I can charge it up when I'm not using it. The Vita is an awesome piece of technology, and its ability to remote play. Holy shit! Like. In my mind, I may be wrong. Like, I, I probably have my time scales way off. But in my mind, the Vita Remote Play was out and viable long before Steam Link was viable. Like, I was using that Remote Play on Vita long before I was losing, using Steam Link. And actually, I have three Vitas. I got one of the originals. You know, the original really good screen. So yeah, yeah, when, yeah. I, when I bought, like, the Slimline one, that lighter one that was nice, I put that in the box. I'm keeping that, like, perfectly, you know, mint condition. 
And I've got, of course, that blue Slimon I showed you, which I have like a lot of my PS1 downloads, like the RPGs and all that stuff. Well, I don't yeah, want to wear it out yeah, with yeah. hard play. So that's why I bought the third Vita so that I could use that for the action games and just wear it the shit out. So I actually, yeah. Okay, so I have like a comment and a question. Number one, I think that I don't know. Well, I, okay, I'll start my question. Uh, I don't know what the difference between the PSP, because I had one, and the Vita R. Like, at least from showing me what you showed me, it looks very similar to the PSP to me, so I don't know what the difference is. And then the second thing was that, like, I feel like the PSP and the Vita were way ahead of their time, because the Switch is basically, like, that same concept. And, like, I loved the PSP. I don't know why it didn't catch on. And they even released movies for it. Like, I have the big case that you could get, and it's got, like, 20 movies in there. And so, like, I and that was, like, when Netflix started to get big or whatever. Like, I don't know why they didn't try to do something with, like, Netflix or Blockbuster where you could, like, rent, like, the Redbox. Or, no, Redbox. That's what it is. Like, you could rent the Redbox to put on your PSP or something. So, like, can someone explain what the difference Um, is? Sorry, D. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. uh, D D had something. Hold on. hold, Hold up for a second. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, I, um, we'll go right back to you, Cyber. No, I, you know, with the uh, difference of the PSP versus the Vita, Aaron, is uh, obviously the PSP was the, Sony's first rendition into that, you know, handheld. And you're right. They were ahead of their time. I don't know why they didn't catch up more. They were amazing. But the, basically, the difference is that the Vita was like a little bit slimmer, lighter, a little bit larger as far as dimension size, as far as larger screen. Um, it had a lot more processing power and it, it had uh, used like these uh, game cards that were more like SD cards. Not quite, but I mean, they were more similar to SD card yeah. styles. And it was so super fast load times, you know, really quick load times, just a superior version of the PSP, uh, getting away from the UMDs. The Vita also had a much superior Wi-Fi card. Yep. So superior technology across the board, and it supported that remote play, like, beautifully. It was a powerhouse. I was just going to say, um, also, uh, it was proprietary memory cards. You couldn't just pop any card in. Yes. That's the one thing that sucked. Yes, yeah, Sony that's Duos. thing that they got you on. Um yeah, but Sony. Also, well, the UMD was, was the same, same card that you would use for Sony camcorder, um, and for the PSP at least, uh, you could use the same card that you would use on a Sony camcorder. Um, you touched on Blockbuster with this, and funny thing is, there were offers and deals that were supposed to come up that. Uh, certain companies decided to say no to, especially between Blockbuster, Gamefly, and Netflix. And where are some of those companies right now? That is yeah, all. tanked. Yeah. So, like, there, there's, there's a huge, like, okay, you hit the nail on the head with the PSP and Vita being well ahead of its time, and it's, it's the same dilemma that Sega had. Like, the Dreamcast... Holy shit. That was an amazing piece of hardware. But they just did not release at the right time. It's the same dilemma that uh, the PlayStation Sony had with the PlayStation 3. The PlayStation 3 almost tanked them on the gaming front. Like if they didn't have so much money to back it up from the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 and everything else that Sony had going on, PlayStation 3 could have quite possibly tanked them. Because when PlayStation 3 came out, PlayStation 3 was so far ahead like sony saw what was the writing on the walls they saw the streaming services they saw digital games they saw all this stuff coming down the pipe and they're like we are going to get ahead of it and the consumer was like what the fuck are you talking about 
And Microsoft capitalized on that when they're like, hey, look, we got a system that just plays some games. Like, like, what do you want? Like, is there something else that you wanted to do? Because, like, it plays games. Right behind Microsoft had streaming services, Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff coming right up behind. So, I mean, like, Sony, Sony almost pulled a Sega, like, hands down. Like with the PSP, the Vita, the PS3, all coming out around the same, like, well, PSP was first, of course, that was PlayStation 2 era, but Vita, PS3, all coming out around the same time. Like, they almost pulled a Sega. They were so far ahead of their time. It was wild to think of what the vision is. And if you look at what, what gaming is today, if you look at gaming consoles and gaming is today, it is exactly what Sony said the PS3 would be. Well, I actually slightly disagree with the Dreamcast statement. I mean, it, it, it was ahead of its time, but okay. it wasn't timing that killed uh, Sega with the Dreamcast. It wasn't the timing at all. What it was is actually screw-ups in the business practices, in the marketing. Like, if you remember, like, some okay. of the bad choices leading up to the Dreamcast is what killed them. Like, if you remember, like, back then, it's like, you know, they wanted to extend the life of the Genesis because the Genesis was so popular, so widely popular. So they started making, like, you know, like, one of the things they were developing at the same time they're trying to develop as the, as the uh, Sega CD... They were developed, remember the the overpriced 32X? So oh, yeah. you needed a whole other adapter, and they released a few games, and it was like, oh, it gets a little bump, and it was like kind of a disaster. It cost them a lot of money in developing, and they were they were developing something else they abandoned, they used a lot of money on, and then they switched over to that. And then at the same time they 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 uh you know developed and came out with the uh oh let's well let's extend it some more. So attachment for the Sega C D. And then it had, of course, it was yeah. each one of these were very expensive. And then you had the dual thing where they needed two chargers, and it's like it, most people couldn't, it's like, ah, oh, I don't have enough outlets for that. And then after that, so that tanked them a bit more because they're trying to inch along on the success of the Genesis, push that along further and further. And then they came out with the Sega Saturn. What they really effed up is, is especially in the American market, is that they really screwed up. The, uh, you know, they, they were trying to push it, and they're like, you know what? Let's just release it. We got it finished. They released it, and the developers are like, what do you mean it's already fucking out? And then it actually, literally, these things got pushed on retailers, and they're like, what the fuck is this? All of a sudden, they got these shit ton of uh, Sega Saturns, and there were no games out for it yet. I mean, they so royally fucked it. It caused such a disaster, a PR disaster. And all the losses that they incurred by the time they finally hit it right made a superb system to Dreamcast. They were out of fucking money. Uh, there was mistrust with the developers with Sega. They broke, you know, they screwed up a lot of business ties. And because they sunk so much of the Dreamcast, and it's expensive to release something that good, and they weren't making enough, enough of it up in the software, it tanked their company because the scripts before the Dreamcast. It was just, they couldn't keep up. All right, I'll t- I'll take that. I'll, I'll I'll reverse that and say it wasn't timing. You you brought a very good argument, and uh, I'm too drunk to argue it out. So what do you got, Aaron? Um, I was actually going to ask a question before you even brought up the Saturn. I was going to bring it up because that was the first console that I had ever uh, used, and I know it came out before I was born. But my parents were nut jobs, and they hung on to it long enough for me to be able to play it. And like technically, it was better. Like, uh, I can't remember what exactly tech specs were better, but supposedly it was better than the PS1, but like the Saturn is a giant flop. So did they just release it before they had developers to make games for it? Is that what the problem was? Because it was supposed to be better. It was, according to the internet, it was tech, because I was looking at it because I wondered why Sega flopped because that was the first system I was ever introduced to. So like, is that why it failed? 
It, it, I mean, you're right. It did have better tech specs, but that's the thing is when they when they sunk and they, and they screwed up with all that stuff is is they literally screwed the developers and they wound up rushing it, got it out to market. The stores didn't know what to do with it. They're like, we weren't expecting this for months. The developers hadn't even finished games for it. They're like, what the hell? Like they literally like screwed a lot of people because they decided they wanted to get it out. Like they wanted to rush it because they were competing with another device. They wanted to actually rush it out. But then the developers like, we're not fucking finished. It's like they just kind of screwed the pooch on every which way. And by the way, I mean, there are some really good games for it, but they're really expensive now with the Saturn. I actually got um, Magic Knight Ray Earth. It was a fun uh, anime game. It's a, like an action RPG. It'll now run you about 1500 though. So it's uh, unfortunately, the games are really rare and expensive, which is a downside. Yeah, one of the things that also sucked on the Sega end is... Um, how much money they dumped into advertisements for that unit. Uh, they had a huge, huge campaign. They had a mascot for it and everything. And they even translated it over into the U.S. market because they're like, hey, you know, the West likes a lot of our stuff that we're putting out. They're going to see it anyways. Let's make a, a I can't remember the guy's name Saturn Man or something like that. Um, but yeah, they they had commercials for him, and then along with that, that they got competition from uh, uh, PlayStation trying to uh, do a one up with the Bash uh, commercials. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot. Yep. And it it became yeah, so, a snowstorm. So the thing we got to keep in mind is that the thing you got to keep in mind is that one thing that they that the companies have learned, and and we see it nowadays. Like it, this is just something expected now. What companies have learned along the way, and that Sega really didn't jump down the path of, is that companies now, gaming companies or, or console companies, have a gaggle of first party studios where they literally dump money into them. And say, here's our equipment, make something good. Here's all of our secrets that you need to know to make something good. Take a look at like Naughty Dog, okay, in comparison. If Sega had a Naughty Dog, like, okay, Sega had Sonic the Hedgehog. Ironically, a little thing I heard, a little thing I learned about uh, hedgehogs is if they run fast, they actually shit themselves. So if Sonic was actually a hedgehog, he would have shit himself to death at the speed he was moving. But I digress. I've had a lot of booze. Did I tell you that I already I'm halfway through my quarter bottle of un- misunderstood Dang. now? Like I'm I'm good and lit. You're basically um, eating ass by proxy. But I am. I'm eating ass by proxy right now. However, a, <laughs> a little full circle. However, a couple things uh, for Aaron but, with the uh, with the like the Saturn and the Sega stuff. It was also like their Japanese companies that were a lot more successful in Japan, and they also were a lot more long running, and there were a lot more games released out there. But of course, ports and yes. translations at the time were also very expensive. And when it hit the American markets, as full bore, they were expecting it to be a huge market. It cost them a lot to get everything over here. When it just flopped because of obviously the business mistakes, that was a killer. Yeah. And there's there was a lot of customer, like especially here in America, there was a lot of customer mistrust already dealt with with Sega because of their business practices. Like the 32X, it wasn't a bad product. It just was a bad move. They should have dumped that money into making another system like Nintendo did. You know, Nintendo, they had the Super Nintendo and the Super Nintendo was amazingly successful. 
but they didn't dump into like they started to dump into with Sony to make well, that's actually how the PlayStation was evolved was the PlayStation was originally supposed to be the Sega CD for Nintendo but Sony went off their own way and after that whole dissolve they said hey look here's our PlayStation check it out it was kind of like Nintendo kind of um, screwed them and betrayed them so it was it was a, it was a whole big drama yeah there 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 was a yeah. lot of drama around that but we could literally do Episode an entire on show on just that yeah, like that's 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 right there. But you know, Sony went their own way, Nintendo kept their way. But Nintendo Nintendo dumped a lot of their money into making the next console. Like they saw so it's funny because Nintendo saw what Sega was doing, you know, with with this add-on technology. And I mean, if you think about it, back in the 90s, that seemed like a good idea because with computers, you added on more RAM. Um hell, even with some of the computers you would add on um you would add on to your CPU so like it was literally an add on to your CPU to get a faster CPU so i mean like there's there was this this mentality of just voltron this shit and make it better so i mean it's not like sega was going down a bad path at the time they were going on what it looked like the market was doing it just turned out that most people didn't want to pay an extra 150 bucks for a 32x or another 300 bucks or whatever for a fucking CD or Sega CD. Um, by the way, I still fucking love that sewer rat game on uh, on Sega CD. Like that game, I still fucking love that. That was an on-rail shooter where you literally just had this thing going around and shooting shit in a sewer. But I still love that game. Like that that game. Dude, Zyber, over at your house, it's still ingrained in my brain of yeah. crashing over at your house where you rented that fucking Sega CD and those games. And it was like, oh, check this shit out. I was like, man, this is the life right here. I am slumming it with my Super Nintendo. This is fucking awesome. I mean, uh, also, don't forget, like, the 32X, just it's like, oh, you, you have a slight improving gla- graphics and a slight improving audio. That was like $160 for that. And they sunk a lot of money in that. And yeah. then, it's, of course, you needed the the model, uh, I think the Genesis Model 2 already. And then you get, oh, I can get the add-on for the Sega CD. Oh, that that's now, a, you know, you're competing with the PlayStation. But I have to have a Genesis. And then it's another 300 bucks for the Sega CD add-on originally when it was released. So you had 160 yeah. on it. And it was just so convoluted, but they had competitors that were yeah. delivering really cool things straight up. Here's the price. They had the developers on board from the beginning and it made it easier. Yeah, and PlayStation had some amazing games that came out for it. I mean, Warhawk, Metal Gear Solid, Tecmo's Twisted Deception. Metal. That series was awesome. Twisted Metal. The one thing with the Sega CD, though, is you had to make sure you got the right Sega CD because there were two versions of the Genesis out. So that was a mindful player yep. Uh, thing to take yeah, into consideration. Yeah, that's what he was just saying about having to have the right Genesis. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, the, the Genesis 2 was for the side-by-side, but they also have the other one that was stacked on top, and that one was actually had a lot of technical issues where it broke down a lot and had a lot of issues. The side-by-side one was probably the best working one until the Sega CDX came out, which works fantastic, but it does have an issue with the capacitors you have to replace if you're a collector. Yeah, the Sega, the Sega CD was just such a such a fantastic freaking game. I mean, I'm trying to think of other games that came out for Sega CD. The only two that come to my mind are um, Night Trap and Sewer Rat. And I want I want to say that there was a Castlevania that came out on Sega CD, but I can't for the uh, life of me remember what it was. Dragon Slayer game was on there too. <gasps> the Dragon the Dragon Slayer. You're right. 
that arcade version of the game that came out where it was like a uh, yet it was like Twitch based where you had to quickly press left or right or up or down or some shit like that or jump. Yeah, I remember that. God damn. That's good shit right there. Now, I don't think there well, was a Castlevania um, on the Sega CD at all. I mean, there was Bloodlines on the Genesis, but I don't think they had a um, Castlevania on the um, on the Sega I CD. I swore there was a Castlevania on Sega CD. I don't believe so. There might have been. I think there was there was a Castlevania that came out in the Japanese Sega Saturn, but not the Sega CD that I know of. It, it was there was it was Bloodlines on the Genesis. Maybe, maybe it was Sega and there was Saturn. Castlevania Chronicles that came out on the uh, PlayStation, but. There, then there was the, um, you know, and of course the Super Nintendo had Dracula X, but there was also one that came out on the, uh, a couple that came out, you know, like Castlevania also came out on the Sega Saturn as well. Um, oh, what, what else did I say? I, I was going to say something else. My brain just did a whole jump. Well, Echo the Dolphin. That's yeah, one Echo else the I Dolphin. remember. Um, I remember Echo the Dolphin. Um, that was, that's a fucking... Silly fuck. Dude, did you know there were aliens in Echo the Dolphin? Yes, I found it before. I did not know there were aliens. I could, did not know that aliens took the freaking, like, pod. I did not know it was aliens. I played that game so many fucking times that I never knew it was aliens that did it. I feel like such a chump. Like, I feel like I should have known that. Was there a Jurassic Park that came out in Sega CD? I thought so, actually. I, I got to look. So. I think Hold it was on. like Safari second. or something like that. I vaguely remember one. I'm I'm looking right now. I'm looking at Sega CD games. It's not like there was a metric ton of them. Oh, dude, flashback, flashback on freaking Sega CD. Now I also remember there's another uh, Dragon Slayer game, but that's on Turbo Graphics CD. Oh, Space, Space Ace. Ace. Space Ace was another one on Sega CD. Remember Space Ace? It was like Dragon Lair- Dragon's Lair. It was just like the space version of it, I think. You see, oh the, the Dragon Slayer I was thinking of is actually an RPG on the uh, TurboGrafx CD. That's what I was actually thinking of. I have a copy of it. It's rare, but it's actually the first Legend of Heroes game. Like when you got the Legend of Heroes on the PSP and the Trails games that we have now. The first one in the series was actually uh, the TurboGrafx CD, Dragon Slayer. Dragon. Okay, are you saying Dragon Slayer, Slayer or Dragon? Like no, Dragon Slayer. Slayer. Oh, did did did, okay. uh, did uh, Zyber say Dragon Slayer? I guess I'm now confused just, on what I'm was being deaf. talked about. I thought it was Dragon's Lair because I remember there being a Dragon's Lair. Yes, yes it was a fun game. CD. And maybe I was confused on on what I was hearing. No, no, I, I thought I, I heard Dragon Slayer, and I was like, "Huh?" But I my hearing sucks. Well, do do you remember the game Silphied? Yes. yes. That I didn't even realize that, but that was on um, yep. Sega CD. And this one, I can't believe I forgot this one. This one's gonna like I'm I, I'm ashamed to admit that I forgot this one, but. Lunar, the Eternal Blue. Well, both Blue also Silver Star Story and uh, Lunar 2, Eternal Blue, which were released by Working Designs. And actually, yes, I have my Working Designs collection up there on the shelf. 
I, I actually have that still upstairs for yep, the PlayStation when they released them both. And uh, I have for both the collector's, collector's edition. editions for the uh, PlayStation. They came out in the uh, same thing. Working Designs released them on the uh, PlayStation in the big thick box with all that stuff. Oh, it's sweet, Zyber. Oh, yeah, You've there got we the go. Working Designs There's... strategy guide for it. I don't have that. That's something I don't have in my Working Designs collection. Oh, I think you just found something. If you're, you know, if you're gonna go release the Mortal Coil, what you gotta send over and put in your will to D. Alrighty, so uh, I don't even remember who the hell we well, got to got on to, State of Games. I think you got was to D Aaron first, then and myself, Aaron. but we haven't gone from us. All right. So Zyber, what's your well, State of Games? My guy? State of Games has been a bit of a hop around because I really don't have much time. But I've been throwing as much time as I possibly can spare into Rogue Legacy 2. Stupid fun. Yes. Absolute stupid fun. Yes. I love it. Fucking yeah. super fun. Uh, other than that, I've been playing a bit of Blasphemy um, or Blasphemous, I should say. Nice. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to try any of the games that I just got for the Oculus, which I'm hoping to do this weekend at some point. Um, yeah, I just I haven't really dove into much. I hear you, man. And like I'm I'm super lame, like silly lame. I I played um, there was a golf. Golf walkabout on Oculus. Um, Zyber, or not Zyber, sorry. Uh, Vintage, Damox, Selkie, and I got into a game of Golf Walkabout. And I got a 100% say that game is worth the money playing with friends. It is like playing mini golf. Like, seriously, like going out and playing mini golf. It's probably the closest I felt to people playing a video game than like I have in a long, long time. What do you got, D? Uh, now, I apologize, Iber. I forgot what you said earlier, but was it that you're looking for a battery for your PSP or your Vita? Uh, PSP. Yep, because um, I got an email from... I do a lot of business with them. I buy a lot of stuff for my modding. Well, when I was modding. Uh, handheldlegend.com. They have 10 bucks a piece. You can either get the replacement batteries for the PSP 2000, 3000, or 1000. So whatever you need... Yeah, uh, they're ten bucks a piece, so it's actually a, a pretty decent. and They're a good company. Nice. Just wanted because I, I it's I saw the email pop up on my phone and I realized, oh yeah, he said something about a battery. So I just wanted to let you know. Do, are they mo- are they the modded batteries? It's got the pins toked, so you can no uh, no. These do are the just batteries. Firmware? These are just replacement batteries. These particular ones, yeah, just straight batteries. Yeah, so if okay, you just want cool. straight replacement batteries, because I know after a while those batteries blow up and destroy PSPs, and you have to replace them. But they they have them on there now. Uh, plain just straight batteries. Nice. Um, back to my state of games. What else have I been playing? I have been playing some Destiny, uh, Witch Queen just released for Destiny 2, so I've been playing that. Hands down, best story Bungie has written. Full stop. Uh, dude, I love The Taken King, um, and there's been some other stories that Bungie has dropped in Destiny that I've really enjoyed. Taken King is the one that really just like reaches out to me. This, though, The Witch Queen, I gotta admit, this is pretty good. Uh, I like the way it's working out. Uh, about halfway, I want to say I'm about like, I want to say half, two fifths to halfway through the storyline of it. And it just like, it's gripping me. Yeah, I like, I, I want to be playing it now versus podcasting. 
which says something because I love podcasting and I want to be playing that game right now. Uh, I've also jumped into uh, a Switch game, which this Switch game was one I've had for a while and I just have not played yet and I'm kicking myself for not playing. But I finally jumped into Metroid Dread. And I got to say, man, like this is hitting. I've, yeah, I got it digital. I see Zyber's holding up the, the physical copy there. I have been playing this um, every night for about an hour or so before bed, before like trying, forcing myself to try to go to sleep. And dude, they nailed the music. The music is fantastic. Um, it's such a nostalgic kick. I'm a super, super, I'm a super Metroid fan. And this music they have brings me right back to Super Metroid. It's so good. In fact, I fired it up and watching the intro portion of it. I mean, this is going to sound like super weird, but I don't give a shit. I'm drunk enough now. Um, but I'll be honest with y'all guys. Um, like my nipples were getting hard just from the music. Like that's how nostalgic it was. It was just so like, I'm like, oh man, I can't and wait I to like get also this. they kind of added a little bit of suspense horror themes to it too. Just I think I think that type of game really yeah, deserves so they, that touch. You know, it was a nice twist to go down the realm of like insta kill. Like there's this thing that can instantly kill you no matter what. Like Metroid has always been that I'm building my armor up so that I can fight the next bigger, badder thing. And they really like settled this out to be, oh no, there's this thing that if you mess with it, it will fuck you up. Um, now granted it does give you ways of dispatching it, but it's not, it's something that you have to earn. It's not something that's just handed to you and like, Hey, here you go, go do it. It's something that you have to earn. Um, and so far I'm not too far into it, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ruin too much. You've pretty much figured this out in the first, like watching the first intro, but you literally like in almost every other Metroid game, except for like super Metroid where you're just like, Hey, I got nothing. Uh, but almost every other Metroid game, they kind of give you a little explanation of, oh, this is why you don't have your powers. You know, hey, you had all this power beforehand, but now you don't. So you start this game. Samus goes down there. She's in like her or whatever suit. The um, what the fuck's that suit called? Not the zero suit because that's her without everything. What's what's what the fuck's that suit called in Super Metroid? Not the Phazon suit because that was that was um. That was fusion. Oh my god, I've soaked my brain in so much alcohol I can't remember. Anyway, you go in there and she's in her full Samus fucking like badass suit. I'm going to wreck some house. And then like all of a sudden she wakes up and she's like she's in what almost looks like a fusion suit. Like she's stripped of all of her gear. And you're talking to your ship and your ship is actually talking to you like, hey, you fucking blacked out, dude. You cool? Like, all your shit's gone. Like, are you all right? You, you look like you got fucked up. Like, it's, I like the way this is going. You're right. See, so the, the final suit upgrade is the Phazon suit, which she obtained in Super Metroid, which contains two upgrades, a variant gravity. Variant yeah. suit. That's the one I was thinking so you had variant of. Variant gravity, variant and then you had the Phazon suit, which was like the final superpowered one. Oh, yeah. So I was yes. thinking the, the variant suit, the, the yes. one where it's still orange and she looks badass, yes. big shoulders. Yes, that was like, yeah. I'm wreck your face. Yeah. So Metroid Dread, like, I am super happy that the 
the way that they go, that it's 2D for pretty much everything that you do, and then it jumps in and gives you like over the shoulder cameras like for 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 the the cutscenes. Like if the rest of the game is just like this, I am super happy. Uh it's 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 nailing the exploration um bug. It's it's nailing it's scratching all the itches that I want for a Metroid game. It really, really is. And spoiler, if you don't want to hear this, turn the fucking thing off. You get to go invisible like the fucking predator. That's badass. I also like the fact in the first opening and seeing the opening thing for the storyline is you always hear about like throughout all the other Metroid games, this mysterious super, you know, civilization, this advanced civilization, the Chozo. You always hear about like them. And then that's the first thing that happens is why you black out is because you get fucked up by a real live one. And you're like. Well, yeah. Well, like, that's the best part is, like, your suit was given you by the Chozo, and then all of a sudden, you actually meet one that has the same suit as you. Like, that was so fucking badass. It was just, like, it's it's hitting all the It's hitting all the spots for me. Um, I think that's all I have for State of Games. I've been, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. Well, uh, I don't know. Anybody want to jump? Anything else? Anybody want to kick in there that we may have like overlooked or missed? Uh, we we briefly touched on like beta games, like buying like pre-release or like beta versions of games, and how most of the time they're like unfinished shit. But oh, there are yeah. two that I have played that like are not trash, so that people don't think we're just attacking beta versions of games. So like Phasmophobia is fucking awesome. I recommend it to everybody. It's super yes. good. Scares the shit out of me. Uh, I can't handle jump scares. So, like, the whole game makes me want to shit myself. So, it's, like, great. And then another one is I play, um, every once in a while, Beam NG Drive. Which is, like, the most realistic, like, car crash physics game on the market. And it's fucking awesome. But it's got, like, little hmm. buggy things. Like when like shit crashes or whatever, like sometimes stuff will like stick, like it'll look like a piece of metal's like stretched out like 30, 40 feet and like sticking to a surface. Um but like other than that, that game is okay. fucking phenomenal. But like, yeah, that's a I, I don't know why that's just popped into my head as something because I know that we touched on it, but like, yeah, beta games is like selling this unfinished thing for like I don't know, some of them are like 25, 30 bucks and then it not being done. Aaron, try the game Outlast for a scary game, but get, or you could try Outlast or the one with VR, but get a really good headset where you get all the audio. So I've actually played Outlast and I can't finish it because I'm scared. So fuck you and shut up. And I hate it. Um, I got to, I didn't get very far. I got to like, no, we talked about that. I think last night Fatal Frame came up and Fatal Frame looks fucking awesome. So I personally have not played it. it. But I've seen gameplay footage and it's awesome. But Outlast, I got stuck in like the basement. I don't remember what you're supposed to get two of something, and I only got one. And I like I can't do it. There's like water and you can't see shit. And like I just I can't I can't fucking handle Outlast. I've watched uh, since I decided that I could not complete it myself. I've watched other people play it, and that's scary I beat enough it for a few me. Times. You beat uh, actually, it a few speaking times. Speaking of Fatal Frame, Cecil. <laughs> speaking of no no There's no a new one no, coming out. No, no. I know this is what I'm showing you. I'm showing you. Oh, okay. Do you remember these? Oh, this is Crimson Butterfly. There she is. Crimson Butterfly. Man, dude, that I'm telling you, like the Fatal Frame game 
Me and Gurr were fucking playing that game one night. And like, we were sitting up there in my bedroom in Salem. And we were just playing. I was reading through an electronic gaming monthly. And I was just thumbing through. He was playing. We were like passing the controller back and forth, playing different games. He was playing it. And I was just looking through a, a, a electronic gaming monthly. All of a sudden, I hear him go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I, I look at him. He went from sitting on the bed to all of a sudden like yogi squat position. He's like ready to fucking pounce or run or something. Like he he's either ready to jump on something or run away as fast as he can. I'm looking at him because I got this magazine in my hand. I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at? I look. The screen said the clock is stuck at 1148. And I look at it. I'm like, whoa. I look over at my clock. 1148. I'm like, whoa, we're both sitting there. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're all freaking the fuck. We're like both of us freaking the fuck out. And we dead went dead silent. And we're watching the clock. It's 1148. And we're waiting. We did not utter another sound until that thing said 1149. Turn the Xbox off. Said, yep, we're done for the night. Good game. All done. It's still, uh, it's still like getting the significance there, Cecil. Well, I saw, yeah. I saw Fatal Frame and Fatal Frame Two. No, no, no. You, you, yeah, I saw. You, I saw. You, no, actually, you don't quite get I it. I got it. Those were your copies. You gave those to me when you gave me the uh, the modded Xbox. I still have those. I still oh, have. Oh no, shit! You yes. still these fucking Bravo, man. That's those are awesome. your copies. Yeah, I never finished. I dude, I never I finished s- Fatal Frame one. Like after I pissed I myself that ones. night, I never played it again. So I never That's played awesome. Fatal Frame, but I think like as far as like praise and like critical acclaim, like it's up there with like OG horror, like like the Resident Evil series, or like uh, or oh, so, yeah. sorry, Silent yeah. Hill, like Silent Hill, like the original, yes. like the first one or whatever. Like those, like I, when people talk about things like that, like I think that Fatal Frame usually comes up. Those are all fantastic games, but I've only played, yeah. Well, Fatal, Fatal Frame had with it. So like in Resident Evil, you walked around with a shotgun or, or a pistol or a magnum or something. Um, same way in Silent Hill, you had like a metal pipe that you're beating shit over the head with. So like you had weapons to defend yourself with. In Fatal Frame, the only weapon you had was a camera. So basically, it went by the old, um, the old like mythos of when you took a picture, you stole somebody's soul, that type of thing. So when you were going through, it was the old, um, what's the old Japanese uh, myth or the old Japanese folklore about the rope curse? You remember, do you remember I, that? I, I'm trying to remember. I, I, mean, remember I know what, what you're talking called. about. Yeah, so the Fatal Frame, the, like at least the first one, was based on that rope curse. And like you were going through an old, like basically, the and God, I'm probably going to mangle this. I haven't played the game in two decades. But the, the, the basis of the story was that you went in to find somebody that went into this Japanese house and they disappeared. Like they never, you never heard from them again. So you're going and searching for them. Um, so it's, it's, it's like, it's just a Japanese haunted house. Have you ever seen like the grudge? Um, like it's got a very grudge feel to it. 
and literally the only weapon and I quote unquote weapon that you have is a camera. So like when something would happen, you would literally be looking through this camera. Hey Cecil, and just you to interrupt you real quick to make the, sure that you in could the take fatal frame. Of it. The curse was yeah, never so giving a specific name. Yeah, but it but it, it wasn't given a specific name. But I'm talking about the actual Japanese folklore of the rope curse. Like that's what fatal frame. Like if you go through, it references all the different lore of that rope curse. Um, in fact, there was, I, there's actually, I can think distinctively, there was the one scene where you had to unbind something from rope and it left the rope marks on you. Like it was, it, it was very distinctly in there. Great that I could be drunking, like talking about a completely different game. I don't know. But yeah, Fatal Frame, like, if you're not going to go play it, at least go watch a playthrough of it. Delirium Curse. Like, it's just like Silent Hill. It's OG horror. Delirium Curse. Yes, it it comes actually from the uh, Japanese uh, religion of Shinto and say, because there was a lot having to do with honor. Basically, what it was is if you, like, say, committed suicide by hanging with the rope, a curse was laid upon you that grew more and more sinister and evil and powerful over time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, look, dude, every every culture has their own ghost stories. Every culture does. But man, some fucking of the Japanese fucking ghost terrifying. stories, those are fucking intense. Yeah, like, they also, if you want to really uh, see some, you know, good terrifying mythology, Slavic mythology, too. Oh, yeah. Dude, all of them do. I mean, they even look at Ger- uh, Germanic, Actually, like Krampus, Krampus If you look at some more of the, like, not just the Slavic, but some of the, even some of the German, Krampus is not even the scariest of one. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I know, right? Nice. I nice. Look at Aaron jumping in with the Krampus pop figure, man. Long before the movies, Aaron, long before the movies, long before Krampus was a thing. I was always talking about Krampus because, well, my mom's whole side comes from Germany. So, like, you know, as a kid, as as a kid, I grew up with this. If you act up, you're going to get Krampus is going to come. I mean, you act up if, you know, all the scary ass fucking horror shit. That's what I grew up with. It's like, yeah, fuck up. And this is going to get you. Because, you know, you know, you know, of course, my mom's family is mostly from Germany. My grandmother was actually more Slavic, you know, more of a Slavic region. So I grew up with all the fucking horror stories. It's great. Yeah, uh, Zyber, I have a glow-in-the-dark Cthulhu like the one you just showed. I have a glow-in-the-dark version. Yeah. But do any of you have a Cthulhu? You guys, you guys all beat me, actually. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I feel in fear right now. I don't have any cool headdress or, uh, or really cool puppets. And there's Aaron with the friggin' like dragonborn helmet going on over here. What's this shit? I think she's got the scratch across the top of her friggin' head. Oh, that's badass. Oh, and there's there's Zyber with the Cthulhu hand puppet. Yeah, we got some shit going on here. We're we made this nerds, helmet, dude. We are so nerds. Well, since I'm no longer in first place as far as first place nerd here, I'm gonna hit you all with a fucking blue turtle shell. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Blue turtles for us. I love it. Well, we have been. Uh, I'm, a, I'm gonna steal your for a while. I'm pretty. As oh, we're all gonna party at Aaron's house, I'm still bringing all the good stuff. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, like. I, I mean, I got some cool swag going on here. Like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, mana potion. Actually, sorry, health potion. 
right? Uh-huh. What else we got? What, what, D, what are you bringing out? Yoda? Okay, okay. I'll see your Yoda. And I will find... I will, I will raise you a JLA Avengers Superman friggin' hero click. Which it's not fucking zooming in right on it. There we go. Look, he's got Captain America's shield. He's there got Thor's go. hammer. Here's a blast from the past. He's got some shit going on there. Oh, hold on. Oh, it just dropped it. Got the uh-huh. original Mumra. Yeah, but this is this is the original Mumra? from 1985. I know. Well, I don't have the original Mumra. Yep. I don't have the original Mumra. I don't but know I what a Mumra is. Mumra. Well, she just dropped the Thundercats. You got to watch it. It's an 80s cartoon. It's great. All right. What? All no, right. this Galactus is Wolverine. Hero click. Oh, yeah. Galactus. Nice. Old school toy of Wolverine. Yeah, that's what that. You said this is Thundercats. This is Wolverine. No, no, no. Mumra. Mumra's from Thundercats. Oh, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, this is very. I was really confused. I was like, no, sir. Excuse me. This is Wolverine. Yeah, that's very distinctly Wolverine. Yeah. Hello. James Howlett here, not Mumra. All right, I don't want to have to one-up everybody, but uh, this is literally a mummified piece of shit. <laughs> so... Aaron wins. <laughs> it's literally... No, no, wait a minute. Is is that... No, is that no, this is like, mummified? this is dinosaur shit. Unfortunately, it's not... I don't know how to mummify my own shit, but... Yeah, this one cost me $8, and I had to buy it because oh, I thought it was funny. I'm glad you don't. Because if you were like, that's my own mummified shit, my next question was going to be, how the hell did Don't you mummify your own it's shit? A, it's I need a to secret. know this. Oh, Cecil, I, I forgot this in my state of the games for my collecting. I also found and picked this up. Yep. Yep, that Lunar was the, uh, that was the no remake shit. of Silver Star wow. Story on the GBA. Jesus Christ, that's going back far. All right, like... I'm uh, like we're we're just gonna continue going on so much stupid shit that we have, and it's awesome like, stupid uh, shit. I love the stupid uh, shit, but we gotta wrap this shit up. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. just creepy as fuck, oh, and I oh. want it. McDice bag. Oh, Mimic. nice dude! I have been uh, like I gotta tell you about this because this fucking blew my mind. Um. Oh, is that from, uh, what's his face? That's, uh, not Ronan. Um, what else his name? Is it Ronan? Guardians, yep. It is Ronan. From Guardians, well, I remember from Guardians of the Galaxy, but yeah, but it's from the comic books. Um, but dude, okay, do you guys, you guys play D&D, right? Okay. Answer me this. When have you ever used the exhaustion system never in personally. D&D? Yeah, never really. Okay, hear me out. I was talking to a guy at work, and he gave me this idea, and I'm like, I am using this. I'm stealing it from you. It's going to happen. He's using the exhaustion system for whenever you go down while battling. So if you know how you go down and you got to do save rolls, when you come back up, you have a single level of exhaustion. If you go down again, you come back up, you've got a second level of exhaustion. You go back down again. Third level of exhaustion. So, like, first level of exhaustion isn't that bad. It's like you take disadvantage on skill checks. Meh. Somebody else can probably do it for you, so you're fine. Second level, though, 
you take disadvantage on attack rolls. Third level, you take half speed. I'm like, man, that's a fantastic idea. It's like, yeah, it really does emphasize the I just got the shit kicked out of me. Because like, if you get beat up, like, okay, pretty sure every one of us here can say we've either been hit by a train or something and been beat. It was the a snowplow. You get up, you feel beat up. Well, yeah, you're right. It was a snowplow. Gotta remember that too. That sucked. But I mean, like, we can all say that we've experienced getting the crap kicked out of us one way or another. And it takes you a little while to recover from that. The levels of exhaustion in D&D, that's a perfect application for that. And it gives you so much, like, storytelling-wise, it gives you so much. Because, like, if you're a group of, like, five people, one of you goes down, all right? You come back up. You've got a level of exhaustion. Let's say that same person goes down two or three more times. Well, that person is now a liability. So do you either, A, leave them where they are and go without them? Oh, that's fucked up. Is it's, that Johnny um, Darko? It's one of the, what the is masks from Bioshock, the original Bioshock. It's the rabbit mask. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Bioshock. Yes. Yeah, yes. isn't it? And it's oh like, God, it's heavy. It's like ceramic. Fuck. That's creepy as fuck. I want it. That's awesome. But anyway, so like exhaustion system for when you go down in D&D. We, like, that's, that's what we got to do. I'm stealing that from now on. Hold on, but, hold on. All right. You speak of exhaustion. On that note, I I want uh-oh. to implement uh, something r- involving that, and it involves bards. It's overly um, horny bards. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's the give horny them exhaustion every time that Actually, uh, they fornicate. Yep. It's Every tiring. time they dip Actually, their wick could, and they catch something. You could also use the uh, the uh, exhaustion uh, when you're listening to uh, old man stories in the tavern. Like, damn it. That go on and on. You know, that might be, that'd be comedic. That would actually work out well. I could use that. All right. On that note, you can find blood. me Where can people find you on the GNA Discord. Uh, and probably tomorrow, if I can commit to a game... I'm going to be streaming for uh, Extra Life. Um, I haven't done it in over a year, so yeah. Nice. I just got to figure out what I'm going to play. I still haven't done it because I really haven't had much time. And if you want to hop in on any of those streams, uh, that will be once a week, probably on a Saturday. Uh, You can find me on uh, Twitch at uh, Zyberblood. That's Z-Y-B-E-R-B-L-O-O-D. Nice. Uh, they can find me right here Aaron, at the GNA podcast and the GNA Discord, or you can find me on Twitch as Aaron to Destroy, E R I N D A D E S T R O Y E R, and on all of the social medias, same name. I'm everywhere: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, but mostly here. Yep. Yep. Yes. Catfishing guys. That's none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> People can find me trolling the GNA yeah. Discord, uh, of course, on the GNA podcast. Uh, I've also got my website that I'm writing articles again for, microbeagamers.com with a Z instead of an S. 
I'm on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm probably going to be starting to stream a little bit on Twitch now. I've had I've had the account for a while, but I'm going to start actually tw- uh, streaming on it. I think a little bit. Um, yeah, pretty much everywhere you find Microbrew Gamers with a Z. Nice. And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil versus Games on Twitter. Cecil Xavier, everywhere else you stream, Twitch, Facebook, fucking Grinder, um, wherever. I don't care. You search for me somewhere, you'll find me. Sometimes without underscores, sometimes without. Um, I think I'm on PlayStation Network. Actually, it's PlayStation Networks without the. Well, fuck it. Just jump into our Discord. I'm there a lot. I have all my uh, accounts linked there. So just look at my profile. You'll find wherever I am. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening, let other people know. You can find us on Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Spreaker, iTunes, Your Listen, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all sorts of other places. If we're not there, let us know. We'll upload there. Um, you can even find us on YouTube. I think a majority of our episodes are up there. Please do it. Do it. Uh, we have a website. We have a website, www.gnapodcast.com. We're also partnered with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is a game purchasing service with a little twist. You buy a bundle of games, and you can also donate to charity simultaneously. So it's a feel-good way of buying a, buying a group of games. In fact, they've got a they've got a bundle up right now that is a, a, a overwhelmingly positive gem, and it's got the game There Is No Game Here. Uh it's a fantastic game. If you haven't played it, it's it's phenomenal. It goes across so many different genres, from point and click to um, to like RPG style. It's it's just super fun. It pokes fun at itself. It's it's got a very gripping story. Like I didn't think it would, but it does. Fantastic game. Go pick it up. Grab it at Humble Bundle. Put the question mark partner equals GNA podcast theme at the end of your link. That lets them know we sent you there, and I get to look at the metrics. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Super fun, love it. Oh, yes. Crap. Did I miss anything? Oh, We're shout also, out to our friends. Oh, uh, we got that G, uh, humble bundle. Make sure to pull that slider all the way to give. You know, not we don't want your money. We don't want any money at all. We want it to go to the developers. We want it to go to humble bundle to charity, not to us. I'm starting to slur. <laughs> Correct. 100%. We don't want your money. There's a slider there. Slider right now. If there's zero. a Bob Dole option, um, you have to go Bob Dole. Yeah, I had... Yeah. Yeah, I think that man's dead, but just... Yeah, he's a ghost to now. Fucking, I was like sad. I was like, I thought he'd on. never go. Just... Most of those words are Bob Dole. Bob Dole. <laughs> Bob Dole's a man of very few words. Most of those words are Bob Dole. <laughs> Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Well, thank you all for joining me tonight. I had a friggin' blast. Um, glad that I'm back on the drinking wagon, because, to be perfectly honest, I haven't been drinking for a while, and uh, it's nice to let loose every now and then. Absolutely. This is the first time I've uh, gotten to this point of drinking... In a very long time. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Drink some water. The only thing that would make this better is if we had two other slackers here with us. 
Oh, you mean like blue and shadow? Yeah, yeah. Fucking slackers. Right? Well, have a good night, all. Thanks for joining. Have Absolutely, a good night. Brother.